Hey, thanks for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how Halo Infinite is launching incomplete. A lot of features and long-awaited pieces of the game will not be there when the game initially launches. If you're looking for that segment where I break that down, it's very short. There'll be a timestamp in the description below, as well as the other topics that I have here. Splitgate devs teasing a potential story mode in the future, as well as the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha news after the trailer broke obviously everybody's waiting for when they can jump in and we have all the details for you playstation fans are going to be pleasantly surprised that is everything on the docket for today so if you've missed the live stream again those timestamps are used below as well as all the links to the various sponsors and people that work with us so you can use those links below now if you missed everything that we did on Friday. I didn't do a short video, so I'm not sure about this video right beneath me. That went live Thursday night. Now, Friday, we basically covered the anti-cheat news that finally came for Call of Duty. Now, we don't have a lot of details, so in that video, I basically just outlined the fact that they've announced that anti-cheat is coming. We don't know to what degree. Now, anytime you come to a past broadcast, you may see the contained sponsored thing pop up, but you can also scroll down here beneath and use these timestamps because we also talked about the Call of Duty Vanguard engine as well as the fact that Doom Remastered has launched. I'm sorry, not Doom Quake. I always do that. Quake Remastered has launched, and we have footage of that over on the gaming channel doing really, really well. Uh, I think it's like the lead result when you search for it, and so a lot of people are checking it out. You'd be surprised how many people give you grief when you play a really old game like that, and you don't remember literally everything. Like, I didn't get any of the secrets, and people are just absolutely incensed. It's like, I played this when I was in, like, middle school. (laughs) But that video is there. And then we got to finally dive in to Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Now, I'm not going to be able to probably play that on stream for a while. So I am playing it off stream. I couldn't resist. We have so much planned for the week. It just wasn't going to fit to dive back into it. We're launching video game voting this week. If you've been voting in the Discord All the results will be influencing what we play today. So, as an example, this afternoon, I'll be playing Mortal Shell. They launched a brand new DLC, The Virtuous Cycle. We're not necessarily going to be checking that out. I'll be diving into the game brand new and giving it a pass or play. Since it just came to Steam, it's super relevant now. Everybody's really excited that it's, it's available, as well as getting a nice little update and a nice little rogue DLC. So, Pass or Play Mondays is designed for that. Like, hey, something new came out. You guys had the opportunity to vote for 12 minutes, Recompile, and a couple of others. Now, if they don't make the cut and they don't get voted on, they will probably get kicked over to gaming as a 30-minute, because after a couple of weeks goes by, no one's going to care to watch me play 12 minutes or Recompile or some of the ones that lost. Now, Tuesdays is about first time Tuesdays, and I believe Marvel Avengers has won that vote. I'll double check that if you're here tomorrow. First time Tuesdays is designed for games that I just skipped over and didn't play, so we will be doing that potentially tomorrow. Wednesdays is Rewind Wednesdays. Hey, we want you to go back to this game that you skipped over or you only played once. I believe Death Stranding is winning there. And then Thursdays is Throwdown Thursdays. Splitgate won that on a landslide and then on Friday 
from Friday returns this week so we can dive back into Dark Souls 3 and continuing uh, continue trying to uh, to beat that game so that's that's the week that's the docket that's all the various things we've got going on I left the disc plates the same I didn't feel like fiddling with them because I filled out the rest of the wall I give you guys a little sneak peek in just how much studio space we have now and uh, and creatures a big fan of this scene in particular um oh we've got a shadow in the corner i still got some foam uh stacked up there so we may start using a little bit more of a of a zoomed out scene for you uh throughout the week now next to me uh this has got all our various sponsors as well as our other channels and i didn't show you our other channels but i need to because we launched a brand new uh, channel, which we it used to be where Repeat Theater was housed. So if you're looking for Repeat Theater, it's gone, okay? And, you know, that was just a decision that we made because we knew that that was a great project and it was really fun working on that with 30 and Still Gaming and Wolvie. We had a blast with that, but it just, it was too much of a side project to go anywhere. Uh, a channel like that really needs daily uploads and daily streams. And it was just not reasonable to expect anybody to do that. When I was going over there every day and streaming, it was just way too much work, and we weren't really getting the results. And when we had uh, Wolvie and 30 start kind of taking over, and they were doing some shows, and they were doing some uploads, it again was just not reasonable. They have other things that they're working on and doing, and so the channel was just not going anywhere. And it was something that we thought would be good, and I do, I still think it's a good idea. I still think it's a great name and a great brand thing, but we just don't have the ability to do it. It's kind of unfortunate, really, because with all of the movies and TV shows, we're kind of in that era of, you know, that stuff's going to start come surging back, and there's a lot of great things to consume. So that got shelved, unfortunately, but we had a channel. We, you know, I got that channel monetized very quickly when I was running it by myself. So we thought we have a channel that, you know, we can, we can make money with. What are we doing? It's just sitting over there. And we knew shorts were going to be big. YouTube is really pushing the short form content. It's very similar to what you see on the Instagram reels or on TikTok. So these little short videos that Creature has been uh, editing for me are over on SNTR shorts. And so we appreciate everybody who has been supporting that. This one here was, I thought, just brilliant with the uh, with the editing that he did with me in the bottom half. Now, obviously, when you watch these on your phone, uh, it, it's perfect. It's perfect. So if you like short-form content, if you want to support that, be sure to go over and sub to SNTR Shorts. Those videos periodically are just getting put on uh, just an absolute runner. My my silly, goofy one that I just fiddled with, Splitgate Surprise Win, took off like a rocket. Call of Duty Vanguard Epic Train Fail, the Human Fall Flat one. These are great, great videos. So make sure if you're supporting that channel, you're watching those when they hit, leaving comments, all those things. We appreciate the people that are doing that because that really, really helps. And then SNTR Updates is perfect for people that love YouTube, but they don't really want to watch live streams. These are nice short uploads, little short four-minute videos about the Vanguard engine, Vanguard anti-cheat, the Quake remastered, everything that we covered last week. If it's just not easy for you to be here for the live streams, SNTR Updates is a great, great channel for those short little, uh, short little videos. And then gaming is where we're putting all of the extra stuff 
that we just cannot conceivably play here. When the Quake Remaster dropped, we, we had a whole day planned. It was like, I can't suddenly play that game. So that night I recorded a quick 15 minute, and man, that thing's doing great. 26,000 views. That's the most viewed video on that channel. But that's the reason that we're doing that, is these random games crop up and people are interested. Axiom Verge 2, Foreclosed, Humankind. It's going to be a great encyclopedia of stuff. And then obviously, I wanted people to see Ghost of Tsushima Legends, if you've never checked that out. I was late to the party on Legends. It is so, so good. And Hilly and I played that Friday night. If Friday night's 8 p.m. Eastern is good for you, we head over to SNTR Gaming, he and I, and play through co-op games. It is a freaking riot. You guys should be there. I'm not sure what we're going to play this week, though. We'll, we, will, we will figure that one out. So just a full suite of channels and content for you with, I think, just such great branding. All the network colors uh, displayed in the, you know, the blue, the green for gaming, uh, the red and the yellow. So you've got SNTR Presents, Updates, Gaming, and Shorts. Whatever whatever it is that you're looking for, we offer that, and uh, you can make those recommendations to your friends, you know, if, that, if, that's, what they're, if that's what they're looking for. And uh, we, we love doing the live stream. I've really, really enjoyed the new scene, the new setup that we have here. Be sure uh, to make sure that your bell button is set to all. YouTube's been doing some updates. We're excited to see some of the things that they're getting ready to roll out. I got a sneak peek at some of it. But make sure you've got that bell button set to all. Periodically, when YouTube messes with stuff, it'll fiddle with your noties. You won't know that I'm streaming. You know, Monday through Friday, we're generally here same time every day. Uh, So check that. Make sure you're hitting that like button and taking the poll whenever you first get here. That can be kind of your morning ritual. We appreciate the people that so faithfully do that. And then anybody that supports the sponsors down here in the corner. A lot of people bought disc plates. Great 80s tee. I can obviously wear green now, so I ordered an 80s tee with the intention of like I'm wearing this when we're in the new studio space so the classic Legend of Zelda you can check out the uh, the collection over there at 80s Tees be sure to use code LONO you can use it anywhere on the website and then obviously if you want to support the audio podcast we're over on Podbean now uh, and distributing that with, with audio is something that is not uh, is not free any longer we're going with a, a platform that we think is better it's going to enable us to do simulcasting of the podcast and so if you want to support that with patronage or just go follow it or you know listen or again that's another thing you can recommend to your friends like hey this is a great podcast you can listen to it in all these various places if they're not really on youtube so we're basically everywhere now and we're uh, we're really excited about that that's been really really fun to see all the other platforms start to get hit with our content and start to sort of uh sometimes get a little traction so that's exciting because we just started doing it so that's the that's the day ahead of us. We I mean I know Halo Infinite is is going to be is going to be spicy because the people are, are are obviously looking forward to this game but very very disappointed to see certain features will just not be there at launch and I'm interested to see what you guys think. I, this could turn into a pretty good debate today about should this game even be launching if they're going to be having such basic uh, and long-awaited features not in the game at first, or is this a really, really good strategy and plan? I, I have my own theory about what's going on, and I'll obviously share it with you this morning. So get those likes up, get that chat humming. I'll be live on the mic in just a second. Good morning, 
Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to another episode of SNTR Presents. And this is a good one, man. Holy moly, what a topic. And not only that, I left something out of the intro. I, I left an announcement out of the intro. I did. I did. We, uh, where did I set it? Oh, it's over here. It's on my other side. The Dark Roast. It's here. Look at that bag, dude. Look at that. Look at the red. Look. The side by side. You can order it right now. I've been drinking it all weekend. Somebody saw that it was available and they already ordered some. We finally took care of Snatchy. Snatchy's the reason that Rageless Roast exists right now. He still had a bag and he sent the bag to the roasters and they did the flavor match. So we sent him a we sent him a complimentary bag. Love the shirt. Thank you. Be sure to use the shirt command. It'll take you to the Zelda collection over there on 80s Tees. So be sure to use that. And uh, order your Rageless Roast, Dark Roast today. We greatly appreciate the people. Somebody figured it out over the weekend and they already ordered some. What's good, Feed? I see you in the chat. How are you, sir? Good to see everybody in the chat this morning. And, uh, and again, we sent a complimentary, the first, the very first bag of Rageous Roast to ship, we sent a complimentary bag to Snatchy because he was the reason that we were able to get that flavor match going. And so I wanted to, I wanted to take care of him. He got a little care package from us. So we appreciate you guys using all those commands down in the corner. The, uh, the, all of the, all of the, ba- the various sponsors that we use. Um, and we, we appreciate the support. There, a lot of people ordered disc plates already. I will be playing Aliens Fireteam Elite when it comes out. Yes, Soldier Boy. I, when is that? Is that that's soon, or maybe it did it get pushed back again? Uh, you know, like the new command bar. I forgot to change it. Oh, I forgot to change it. Yeah, hang on a second. I can I can do that. Um, we can update it. We got it. We got a handy dandy new animation for down here. Uh, in the corner, um, is this the right one? Yeah, this is the right one. I don't know if I just swap this out, what it's going to do. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Wait, where am I right now? Am I in downloads? Yeah, combined bar, open, okay. Holy moly. All right, hang on a second. You guys are going to get to see, you guys are going to get to see the, uh, the raw editing here. I like this new command bar, though. It's cool. Uh, we're going to have to just on the fly it. We'll just frick it. We'll do it live because I've got extra space now. Right? Did you guys see that we worked on the studio over the weekend? And uh, it's one of the reasons that uh, we're not able to have I don't have anything for gaming today so I'm a little bummed about that I'm a little bummed but we we are basically done uh we're done with the with messing with the studio space and the uh I don't have enough space above it we're going to make this a little bit larger and that way we can inch it up just a tad um there we go. It might not work with how we're cropping it, though, creature. You may have to you may have to fiddle with it because it's like it's hitting the edge of the bar. I'm having to go pretty far away from it to not have that happen. Yeah, that edge of that bar, it is, uh, it is, it's not, it's not fitting, it's not fitting well. 
It's a shame. What I really need is I just need a box to put behind SNTR Presents, and then I can just put this where I want it. Can you just give me a box that is that color, and then we can put it behind it? I just need a graphic of a box, and I can crop it how we want. Vinny the Gooch renewing their membership. Thank you, Vinny, so, so much for renewing that membership. Appreciate you so, so much. And, uh, actually, that might work. I think I might, I just, I might have to drag this over. That might actually work. Um, that, that, I, that's, 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 that's working. That's, that seems cropped okay. Uh, good morning. Doing a drive-by today. Thank you very much. Appreciate that so, so much. Um, okay. I'll fiddle with that later. I don't want to mess around with it anymore. It's only light roast showing up. Um, uh, RageousRoast.com. Um, oh, hang on. I'll just, I'll update the command. I think the coffee command, hang on. Give me one moment. We're probably just going, oh yeah, I just have the link wrong. Give me one second. That is my mistake. I thought it was taking to the, there you go. Coffee command will work now. It'll take you to the generic shop and you can click light or you can click dark. Uh, that is now uh, available. There you go. Sorry about that. We need to update the command. Um, and uh, we'll probably just leave that like that. That's not That's not too bad. That's not too bad down there in the lower third. <clears throat> yeah, it's sntrnetwork.com forward slash the shop. There you go. Um, oh, I got to get him out of the way. Got little figurines in the way. My kiddos were in the office yesterday as we were putting up all of the foam. Uh, the, the news about... I don't know if you guys saw the news, but Halo Infinite is not shipping with the... Um, it's not shipping with the co-op campaign, and it's not shipping with... Um, the Forge. And we were already kind of worried about that, right? We were already kind of worried about the Forge and and what that was going to mean. Oh, my question and answer scene is going to be totally jacked up now when I go to go to it. Yeah, that's all wrong. Um, give me one moment here. If we, uh, if we copy this, I can go to Q&A and uh, I can uh, transform, paste transform, and then... I can do the same thing with this. You guys are getting to see all of the magic today. Um, and then we just go to transform, paste transform, and we just pray. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> we had a whole scene built, and now this is this is interfering with it. Uh, okay, um, boy. And no, that's not right. What is that? That's not even supposed to be in the scene. I don't even know what I was doing with that. That's the beauty of... uh, Let me just slide this over. Oh, I hate that. You can't resize them all at once. You can't resize them all at once. I freaking hate that. I can grab multiple things and move them at once in OBS, but I can't resize them all at once. Why don't you just keep it the same? You're always changing stuff on me, man. It's like, you're here's a new video and everything's different. All right, forget it. 
Got zero notifications for your show. Super annoyed. Make sure you're set to all. I've had a couple of people say that. YouTube's YouTube's been pushing out updates. And whenever they push out updates, it fiddles with noties. Like, we've we've had a couple people uh, say that. They've said, oh, I'm not getting anything. Sorry, Doom. I didn't call out your $20 tip. 343Dev did a post on Saturday, went into detail. Staten had big impact on the campaign, made it a more focused, uh, emotional story of Master Chief. Pace to feel more like Halo co-op was really buggy. 343 debated a lot on how to add it. Okay. Didn't get live icon on my channel bar. Okay. I mean, I, I don't know what to I don't know what to tell you guys. I don't know why I don't know why that happens. It's a bummer that they make it hard for almost fifty thousand subscribers to find my content when they hide it from you. I, I don't know why that happens. I really truly don't. Um, we're doing everything we can to to set things up so that doesn't happen. Like we don't do too much content, we don't hit your noties too often, and YouTube is just gives us the finger. And I don't. It's so frustrating. I don't mind if people don't get noties, right? You should know just to open up YouTube and look for the channel Monday through Friday. No, no noties is going to happen. Push noties has always been a, a struggle for these platforms. But when someone comes and they're like, I, I, I can't even find the video. Like, that's when I get irritated. I'm like, why in the world would the video just not be showing up? Do you know what I'm saying? That's when I get angry. It's like, you, you, what, what's going on? Why, why would they not have the video on the top of their feed? You know what I mean? YouTube recommends your five-month-old shorts, but doesn't tell me when you go live. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll not speak on this. It'll come out sounding like an a-hole. <laughs> oh, on the Halo situation? Yeah, people are uh, people are pretty ticked. It was at the top of my subscriptions. The only thing I can think is that if you don't engage with my content for a couple of days or you start engaging with other content, YouTube's trying to predict what you're going to engage with. That's the only thing I can think. I don't, I don't know. If people use their sidebar, you can see when he's live. Yeah, that's true as well. I should be I, I should be showing up there on the sidebar. Um, yo, digit to comment uh, comment doing a tier two membership. Thank you so much, digit to comment guys. Don't forget when you're doing a tier two, you can take part in video game voting. We will update all of those uh, throughout this week. So people voted on what I'm going to be playing today with pass. Uh, with pass or play. So today we'll be doing that. Is YouTube live promoting channels a good thing for content creators? I yeah, I I, I would assume if you're doing stuff, you know what I mean. Um, YouTube releasing that season and fe- uh, that feature in season four to drive future engage- engagement. Just ordered coffee too, man. Digital comment do comment doing a tier two and ordering coffee. Yeah, we got a couple of dark roast orders. One bag of light roast and one bag of dark going to Digita Comet. Thank you very much. One bag of dark roast going to Kageneko. Uh, we got a couple more coming in here. Hang on just a second. We got three dark roast bags going to Big Mad Mo. My man, Mo, always ordering coffee. And a bag going to Pyro Twerp. The dark roast is in full swing. Thank you, everybody who ordered some Rageous Roast this morning i greatly appreciate it um the 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 nature of this discussion is is beyond now like what what cambon williams is putting in chat people said halo will fail without br they also said it'll fail without 
uh, one of all the other modes. It's too much. Right. Like, it's one thing to be like, we're going to be adding as we go. Maybe we'll add modes as we go. It's another thing to be like, yeah, we we don't even have Forge or a uh, co-op campaign when it launches. Do you know? And uh, I, I don't want to overstate it. I don't want to overstate it. Let's... I'm, I'm curious which is more important to you. Which is... Hang on. Let's do a poll. Which is more important uh, for Halo Infinite? All right? And I'm going to put co-op campaign, and then I'm going to put forge mode. I'm actually curious. Which is more important for Halo Infinite? For you, all right. What what, what are you really gonna you know miss? That's not gonna be there at launch. Now it doesn't mean that they're not gonna do it, but what it does mean is they're it's it's coming later. Man, they're not up there long enough at all. Creature, this is just not this command bar. What is going on? That is so fast. Why do we change how long they're there? I thought they were there a lot longer with the old one. It's just we'll we'll talk about it later. I I didn't even look at it. I liked the bar. I looked I looked at it on my phone. And I was like, oh, I like that bar. That's cool. And that was how much thought I gave it. I should have actually watched it. Like they're up there for six seconds. How long did we have them up there before? I thought they were there longer previously. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm misremembering. I thought it sat there for almost ten. Uh. The BR is the only thing that matters for Halo. Put the old one back. Yeah, but then I'm going to have to recrop it. I, you know what I'm saying? I guess we'll just leave it. It's all bad. It's all, it's all, it'll all be wrong. That's, that's the dilemma with, um, with how we've done it. I suppose I could use your block and then it would be a little bit easier. Um, save image as BG. Uh... I'm a forger, so it matters more to to me. What about none? Wait, Mo, are you not a Halo guy? I know you're an Xbox guy. Yeah, Dark Rose is officially on sale, Hex. Let's be real, though. 90% of the people that complained and moaned would have never played co-op or forge at launch. People making this way bigger than it is. Gilly, I don't know. I think you're underestimating just how many people they that the campaign they play at co-op. I don't know. I think you're under I think you're underestimating it. I really do. I think there are tons of people that that is that is their thing. That was what they were looking for. That was a huge deal when remember when they said uh, that they wouldn't be doing uh, split screen co-op whenever they set up uh, it was Halo 5 where they said that that would be an absent uh, feature. It was it was it was Halo 5 and that that caused people to you know get a little irritated and i i underst- i understood why i did it was like it's a coveted feature that was the main way i i inter- i interacted with halo and that was the main way i interacted with halo was was the co-op campaigns 100 percent and uh the the idea that 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 people are blowing it out of proportion. I don't. I don't think I agree with that. I don't. I don't. I think that there there's something to be said for a a long-standing feature just being completely absent at launch. You know what I mean? I saw so many parent, child, and siblings disappointed. Every feature is a coveted feature. It's too much. 
Well, I don't think what, when you're saying it's too much, um, Cambon. What what exactly do you mean? Are you saying that like you think you think people are blowing this out of proportion, or do you think uh, it 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 genuinely is like it's too much? They're 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 lacking too many uh, too many features. What did we previously call it? Test single alpha. What do we call it? It was the no alpha bar, I think, is what we called it. Um, I think. What did we call it originally? Yeah, that's it. This is the one. Yeah, I think this is the one. I think this is the one we, we called it that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And then we just we now we now we can now we now that we've got that background it'll be a little bit easier to couch it in there. Um and then we'll just shrink it a bit. I don't know, there might be some that are too long if I do it that way. We'll let that ride for a little bit and see if it looks right. Uh just lowered. There we go. Had to argue with that. Not really, man. I'm a diehard Halo fan. 343 just need to change staff at the top. $2 from Fat Steve and a Crisco. I hope they don't forget Master Chief on release. (laughs) He's saying Halo has to come with too many modes versus other games to be successful. The standard for Halo is through the roof. Campaign Slayer, Big Team Battle, Firefight Invasion, Inspection, Theater Forge, and a BR all have to be there at launch. Name the game that has to launch with that many modes. I appreciate the point that you're making, Cambon. I do. I do. I think co-op campaign, though, is probably, and based on the poll, if you guys haven't taken our poll yet, be sure to do that. I think based on the poll, uh, I would I would tend to I would tend to agree with what you're saying that, that it's possible that people are are blowing this out of proportion the 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 forge element that is like i I don't necessarily think that the the forge element is uh, as big of a deal because there's plenty of people that are like i i just i don't care you know uh is i'm not gonna mess with 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 forge but at the same time there's also i think the element of that you've got to kind of compete, right? You've you've got you've got a lot of games coming out and a lot of things coming out that are are going to be are going to be eating up people's attention, and they're they're going to be saying, "Hey, wh- wh- why don't you have this? Why don't you have that?" You know, Battlefield's got Portal, Battlefield's got this. You know, I, I I do. I think there's 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 going to be a lot of people that say, "Man, you're not even you're not even entering the landscape right now. You're not even competing with all of the different things that are offered right now." If you're if you're tuning in, we want to know what you think. And guys, if you're a paying member, feel free to use your question command to put your questions or your comments right here on the bottom of the screen. Uh, that is a, that is a feature that you get to take advantage of as a paid member. Halo is going to be truly a single player experience, like it should be. I mean, I, but I get where you're where you're coming from, Mo. But I don't think that's their goal, right? Does Battlefield 2042 have a campaign? No, no, that's appropriate pushback. That's appropriate pushback. But I'm telling you right now, as soon as Battlefield announced their portal mode, I'm telling you that's going to become a big thing. People are like, why does Halo not have Forge? 
Now, I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I actually think they're making the right decision. And there's a handful of reasons I think they're making the right decision. I think that the way that they want this game to go, you're going to have to trickle out relevancy. You're going to have to say there's more big things coming in future seasons. I don't think you're going to drive Halo Infinite um, engagement and excitement and numbers and the player base. I don't think you're going to drive it with cosmetics. Hey, we got a whole new battle pass. We got a whole new this. We got a whole new that. I I don't think so. Hey, we got some coffee orders coming in. Dark roast. A bag of dark roast for Executioner. And a bag of dark roast for Captain Toasty Buns. Man, the coffee orders are coming in quick. They're cutting the game up to drive engagement. I think two things are happening. I think two things are happening. I think it's partly what Eugene is saying, right? It's partly what Eugene is saying. They are actually saying, yeah, no, you can't give people everything in the first month. You simply cannot. You've got to drag some of this out. And I think the second thing that they're saying is, we're not ready, okay? I think last year when they delayed the game a year, I think they're having their destiny moment. I think Joseph Staten is very familiar with this because his version of destiny was rejected and then they chopped it up for a year. They took a year. They delayed the game. It was supposed to launch in 2013. They delayed it into 2014 and they chopped it up. Why? Well, they wanted ongoing engagement and it it wasn't ready. Like what they had wasn't ready for primetime. I think... A very similar thing is happening here with Halo. The game was not ready, so what they do? Delayed it a year. It's almost identical. It's 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 like a parallel story, you know. It's a parallel story. They they go and they say, "Look, we're going to we're going to we're going to delay this game a year. It's not ready." And that means that now we've got to put everything in in the correct order. We've got to we got to fix things. We got to make things look better. And I guarantee you, someone logistically spoke up and said, listen, if, if you want to go seasonal and you want to have people coming back in three months and then come back three months again, come back three months again, you're going to have to trickle out a whole lot more than a couple of maps and a, and a battle pass. That's not going to be enough to bring people back, right? And when they launched Destiny, it was pretty bad too. It was. How's the average level editor or a co-op campaign in 2021 too high of a standard? Let me know outweigh i think the front half of what you're saying is a bit much a a, a level editor you know a map maker not a lot of games are coming with with map you know with map makers you know what i mean they're not (laughs) you know green shirt for the win yeah dude yeah this comes from 80s t zelda collection so be sure to use that uh that shirt command is it not finished or is it a business decision I wouldn't be surprised if it's a if it's a bit of both, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of both. Bungie 2001 to 2010, Halo 1, 2, 3, ODST Reach, 343 can't finish one game within seven years. New rebuilt engine and PC release. Just so you know, because you think it's easy, are you a game dev? Yeah, I don't think just delivering a level editor is easy. There's no level editor in Destiny. I mean, how long's that game been coming out? You know what I mean? Um, 
Destiny stats show otherwise. It has a healthy player base. Just wait for the big stream Tuesday. No, their player base numbers are actually pretty bad. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be. I think they're really gonna hope that Witch Queen turns things around because they're the, the delay is gonna hurt. They're already hurting. They're already hemorrhaging players. They're hemorrhaging PvP players very very sharply, and I don't even know if they care to bring them back. While we had a peak number during the last event that was healthy, the average number of players is 20,000 less than it has been running. I'm telling you, the longer, whenever they get to tail ends of these seasons and the longer they have to, they have to delay some of this stuff, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt their, uh, their numbers. You know what I mean? It's, I, it's, I don't, I don't actually think their, I think their player base numbers are, are, they're fine. But they're—I wouldn't say they're trending upward or healthy. I would say they're actually in a in a in a in a downward trend. They're fine. But I don't think you're going to lose a lot of your diehards. But I think I don't know. I, I think what Velez is saying—I think it's a slow dissolve. I do. I, I think th- this is your biggest challenge as an ongoing franchise. And don't make no mistake, Halo Infinite is facing the exact same challenge. By the way. It's a long-standing franchise. There are people that have already made up their mind about Halo, and they made up their mind seven years ago, five years ago, two years ago, whatever. They've already made up their mind. They're like, I'm not playing that game. I don't like Halo. Halo's... I don't, I don't, I don't play Halo, right? So, it's really, really difficult. It, it's really, really difficult to bring in new people to an established franchise. So, what ends up happening is you end up having to get new people. This is one of the reasons why do you think Halo Infinite is making it very easy to play Halo? Why? The game Pass for the campaign, completely free to play multiplayer. Why do you think Destiny went free to play? Why? Because they're they're facing the same problem, they're attacking it in different ways. They're facing this problem of you've been out for a really really long time. And most people have made up their mind about you. They don't want to come and play you. They tried you two or three years ago. Sure, you're better now, or you've improved, and you're doing this and this and this, and the community's grateful for these changes. But most people, most gamers, aren't going to give you the time of day. Halo Infinite's facing the exact same challenge. The same challenge of how do you bring in new folk? How? Well... Halo Infinite is saying the best way to get people into Halo Infinite is to give it away. Just give it away. Fill that funnel. Now, that's twofold. That could be encouraging because you could be like, well, the product must be good enough that they're 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 not worried about, you know, the the the, the reception and they're not worried about how well it's going to do, okay? It could be that it's really really good. It could also be that they're like, there's not really any other way we're going to fill this funnel with players. You know, there's there's no other way we're going to be getting enough people. There just isn't. We're we're not going to have enough people looking to play Halo. It's been that's been out for too long. You know, I bought next season with the deluxe, and then I'm done. Which queen's going to be bait? Mark my words. It's possible. It's possible. It's also possible that they are finally going to be able to crank out something that that is tectonic. You know, maybe they took enough time. Maybe, you know, 
the the discouraging thing about Beyond Light is Beyond Light was supposed to be like their first dance on the dance floor by themselves. Shadow Keep and everything after it was like that was too close to the split from Activision. But Beyond Light was supposed to be their first dance on the dance floor and I was just kind of like if if I I would not be surprised if every expansion kind of hits that spectrum of this is how much you're going to get new subclass mediocre campaign and then probably a really good dungeon and a good raid and then that's kind of be the end of it I, I don't know if their bandwidth has suddenly increased that they can suddenly crank out every 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 expansion is going to be oh man it's going to be so much better I don't know I just don't think so I think they, they know how much they can create and that's what you're going to get right and I think that that's fine It'll be more. It'll be more of a game that lots of people love, and um, it'll be more of a game that is. This has been very, very successful. Okay. However, however, I. This is again. This is the problem that Halo Infinite is going to struggle with. You need new people. Because the loyalists eventually are like, I've had enough, or I'm finding myself playing less, or I, I don't think I'm going to play this season. That's a, that's a natural course of things. I'm not taking a cheap shot here. Halo, Call of Duty, Destiny, they all struggle with this. Now, Call of Duty had their big surge and their big, their big you know, their resounding comeback with Warzone, but they went through the same thing, Right? They went through the same thing. Call of Duty went through a similar thing of like a lot of the loyalists stopped playing. The red was... Yeah, there we go. The red needs to be a little bit more centered. That's better. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm like, like, oh yeah, this game's dead, that game's dead. It's just, no, you need you need new folks to come in. At the, at, the, at the end of it, at the end of it all, whenever you're wanting to continue playing a game, there's two questions you're going to ask. Is there something new for me to do? Yes. Do I still enjoy playing the game? And most of the time, at the beginning of a season or at the beginning of a DLC, you answer those questions with a yes. You're like, yeah, I still enjoy playing it. And yeah, there's new stuff for me to do. I think the dilemma that both Halo and, uh, you know not only Halo, Destiny, and a lot of these games, the, the, the dilemma that they're facing is that they get formulaic. And this happens with television, doesn't it? There are certain show types that can be formulaic. Law and order can be formulaic, right? Somebody gets murdered, and then you're trying to figure out who did the murder. It's a formula. You know at what minute in the show they're switching to the court case from the investigation, okay? Now, all the times I spent watching Law & Order, eventually, I I got tired of it, right? Even when they had Jeff Goldblum. He was actually, I think, a great addition. That was after uh, Vince D'Onofrio, you know, big shoes to fill. It's still, it's formulaic. Eventually, you're like, that's yeah, a new season. It's new storylines, but I, I don't care as much anymore, right? 
that's always going to happen with any form of entertainment that becomes familiar and formulaic. Xeno with a $5 tip. Forge has been the same since day one. How can you not put something that's been the same since day one in your new title? I, I, again, that could be a business decision. I'm not going to defend the decision, but I could imagine a world where they said, look, don't give them Forge right away. Forge needs to come in the future season, future battle pass. We're going to want to say, hey, next season is going to have Forge in it. You know, it's going to have this. There, I'm not saying that that's the right decision. I'm just simply saying there's a business angle that I could that I could imagine. 100% could be a business angle. And, and it is a new engine. It is a new engine. So it's not as simple as them being like, you know, here, here you go. Here, here's a, here's a new, here's a new forge. That is a good point. Fat Rabbit with a big old fifty dollar tip. Morning, dude. Thought I would stop in and say hi. Glad you're doing your thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's very generous, sir. Every game has a gameplay repeat. Even your uh, beloved Elden Ring. Why do you think I don't? You were here the other day. That I, you think I'm like a big Elden Ring fan. I, I'm looking forward to it as much as Horizon Forbidden West. You know what I mean? Stop pretending it's not Halo looks terrible as well, just exposing you. You, I, I don't know who you think you're talking to, but like, you've got it in your head that I'm, I'm sitting here defending games to the, to the death. The title of today's stream is literally Halo Infinite Release Date News, and the thumbnail says it's launching incomplete. How am I? How am I? How am I? What do you? What are you exposing me for? What? Having the patience to read your drivel in my chat with all your spelling mistakes? Is that what you're exposing me for? Because you're running out. You're running out of land here. I, I've, I've, I'm pretty much done with you because you just come in and make dumb accusations. You want, you, you'd get along with people on Twitter. The whole comp scene is going to turn their backs on Halo, I think. Not having Forge is stopping comp forgers to put their magic on the maps. Imagine running stock guardian with a grav hammer. But you have to understand, you have to understand, like, I would think that that will be a later thing. It's not, you see what I'm saying? It's like, you gotta let people play, let people get their footing, let a meta establish, let people understand the good, the bad maps, the good, the bad modes, and then the next season when it comes out, all those people are going to be chomping at the bit to, to dive into it. It could backfire and blow up in their face. It could be brilliant, right? It could be brilliant. Why? Because we've learned through other games that when you fill a self-created vacancy, it can be celebrated. Do you see? Like, People, people, people complain about this all the time in Destiny. Destiny fills a void they created. They, they, they fix something that they broke. This could 100% be one of those things where, hey, we, we, we hear you on Forge. We're working on it. It's going to be amazing, you know, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be spectacular and it's coming next season. A lot of people will say, I am really disappointed, but you think what, they're going to ignore it? 
like their disappointment and their frustration everybody getting really angry about this and storming forums and reddit do you want to know what that communicates to 343 there's a bunch of demand for it right there there is a bunch of demand for this so a ton of people are are going to dive into it don't tell me you're disappointed it won't be there at launch and when they add it for free another season that you're going to be like nah i'm not i'm not going to i'm not going to touch that no no you your your anger and frustration about it is proof that you're going to engage with it when they finally add it. Now, the co-op campaign, I get that. It's winning the poll for a reason. If you're new and haven't taken the poll at the top of the chat, be sure to take the poll at the top of the chat. Which is more important to you? Unsurprising, the co-op campaign, people are like, ah, come on. Because why? Well, you're going to want to play. You're going to want to play the campaign, and the way that you want to play the campaign, you're not going to be able to. I I 100% resonate with that disappointment I do I'm like that stinks let them know you're irritated that's a giant bummer because what are you going to wait three months and hopefully not get any spoilers 100% real talk delaying the campaign and the multiplayer for their offshoots of co-op and forge makes zero sense the campaign and multiplayer are the biggest reasons to play the subset of people who want co-op and forge do not outweigh the demand for the base game well, I actually think Forge is less of an issue, but I don't agree on co-op. I think a co I think not having co-op is uh, is really is is a giant bummer. You know what I mean? It, it really, really is. I think the idea of the idea of like I'm gonna get the game and I cannot play it in the way that I play these games. Like, co-op is 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 part and parcel to the 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 experience of Halo, you know. I, I mean, I'm not even a Halo guy, and I've played like every Halo campaign co-op. Do you see what I'm saying? The, the, you have to understand something. There was a lot of games back then that didn't offer co-op. You just they just didn't offer anything. It was like, I, 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 I can't play with my buddies. You know. I remember how bummed I was when Call of Duty World at War had a totally cooperative campaign and then the neck the very very next uh call of duty didn't have it you know what i mean are you going to cover the stream tomorrow i know it's a tough topic would like to see you do a convo on it not only is it a tough topic it's too hard for you to remember three days ago asking that question and getting an answer from both me and my producer and chat it's not just a tough Topic. It apparently is tough for you to grapple with an answer when you're given one because you asked that last week and we're given an answer. Do me a favor. Stop coming to my streams if that's what you're going to do. Just stop. I don't want you here if that's what you're going to do. You know, we were polite the other day. Multiple people gave you polite answers. I was polite. You are now being impolite. So you, you can leave and not come back and I'll have a more pleasant morning. Seriously. Like, you've been given a polite and kind charitable answer on at least two occasions about this. Like, you're gonna keep coming back and be like, Lone, are you gonna cover Destiny? You're gonna, you're gonna cover the stream? I don't know. Is your, is your skull gonna get any thinner or is it still as thick as a 2 by 4 Like, you were given an answer. Seriously. So... 
Uh, let's go with Silent Warrior's question. Do you think the release of Battlefield 2042 Portal made Halo rethink how Forge will look and how the players would interact with the game mode? Well, it's a giant... Th- th- that's the thing, is they're not the same, right? They're not the same, and I think you could be right. I, I don't necessarily know if they're going to give you a full suite of game mode creation, right? I just don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, th- that's not what Forge traditionally has been. You know what I mean? It, it's... Generally speaking, Forge is a mini... I'm sorry, Portal. Battlefield Portal is a mini game. It's a mini game inside of Battlefield 2042. It's this whole offshoot thing. It's it's not even... It's not like a, oh yeah, you can go over here and do some private matches with your buddies, right? Oh, you can go do some private matches with your buddies. No, it's like a miniature suite of of stuff where you can make whatever you want. I mean, it's it's going to be pretty it's I actually wonder if other companies are going to look at Portal and think we our game that launches in 2 or 3 years, we need to try to bake that into it cuz man, that's good. That's good stuff. Cuz one of the things that we've always talked about with Halo and Forge and 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 the reason that Halo did what it did back in the day, a lot of it was like a grassroots community driven thing, right? So it's it's one of those things where it's like I don't necessarily think you can foster that in an artificial way, but man, if you give people the tools, what the community could come up with, it 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 could be it could be magical. It really, really could be, you know. Let's not paint it that way. It's okay to ask. It's not okay to ask over and over multiple days in a row after giving answers from multiple sources. Yeah, TJ Rage. The only reason that guy got his head bit off is because he literally came in here every day last week and consistently passively brought up how much he wishes I would cover Destiny and cover the streams. Like, literally, he made sure to do it every day. So today, he got a chin shot, because I'm, I'm, I'm sick of him. Like, don't, like, I don't want you here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I want you here, but not if you're gonna do that. Like, you're, you're, I don't want you in my chat. Go away. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, what's good, uh, Agent Atwood? Rumors have it Forge is on a whole new level for Infinite. Really? I mean, you would hope if they delay it that it's not just a basic map maker, right? <laughs> you would hope. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's because I think that's going to be the biggest bummer is if you wait an entire season and they're like, yeah, it's just a map maker. You know, you can make some maps. The dev said there was difficulty getting forged to Halo 5 standard with the new engine. The scale and the scope is huge. He said that they may not have make the six-month deadline. Jeepers. Um, don't cover D2. The season leaked out pretty bad. Yeah, I, I'm not... We won't be covering any leaks. I don't know why they're so leaky these days. It's kind of... It's bizarre. I don't know if they have... Um, maybe they have very... Uh, unhappy employees or something. It seems very strange that in light of everything that's happened, they're like more leaky than they've ever been. You know what I mean? 
Boom had a basic map maker and it didn't do well, so Infinite really has to push the limit, especially now with Portal. Forge is very important for casual free for all game types that are fun. I wouldn't be surprised if some of this is because they want, and maybe, I don't know if they're contractually uh, obligated, but they've got to launch this year. Halo Infinite needs to launch this year, you know? What's the delicious beverage of choice? Well, first and foremost, this is just a breakfast shake that my wife makes me every morning. But what's in my coffee mug is Rageless Roast Dark Roast, which has officially launched. It's in my hand. Look at that red label. Isn't that nice? So this is what the light roast looks like, right? Dark roast is here. You can use the coffee command to order. I love that I can show the bag now and it doesn't look all weird with the chroma key and the green bar and all that. So, yeah, it is. Wow. Uh, secondly, it's not delicious. No, the, the, the breakfast shakes are a lot better now. I just drink them fast. I just drink them fast because I want to get to my coffee. That That's all. <laughs> that's all. How much of an issue could you predict if they launched in 2022 regarding competition? I think that Microsoft and 343 are looking at the are, are looking at the holiday season this year and the fact that there's a lot of insiders that are saying uh, Horizon Forbidden West is getting delayed and I think there are they're just rubbing their hands together like oh this could literally be our holiday season Halo could absolutely dominate a completely vacant and empty holiday season so some of this is likely related to that they're like we have to launch are you kidding me nothing significant is coming out nothing that big nothing nothing that monumental no mainstay big name titles are coming out in the holiday season it can be our holiday season you know now other than call of duty vanguard that's pretty much it you know, Call of Duty Vanguard is like the only thing. And Call of Duty, I mean, what are you going to do? Call of Duty is always here. You know, C- Call of Duty is 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 a mainstay staple. And we all know that like the Call of Duty crowd and the Halo crowd, there's a Venn diagram. I mean, they overlap. They overlap, but, you know. Uh, the holidays green all the way. First half was blue. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation had a really, really strong start this year. And, uh, and they're certainly not done because the Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut, Keena Bridge of Spirits, Death Stranding director's cut. These are, these are all things that I think are, and, and, you know, that are still coming, but not having a, not having a mainstay lead title, I think, I think hurts. I really do. I, I think it hurts. My biggest issue with the delay in co-op and forge is that if it is a big success, it will give other studios courage to now break up basic game modes. Well, I mean, I, I think the precedent fear is always there. I, I know people had this fear when... Um, <laughs> people, funny enough, had this fear when No Man's Sky was fixing itself. And it wasn't just one person that came in with this. I saw tweets, I saw hot takes of like, if we let Hello Games kind of, if we let them out of the corner 
and we and we allow them to, to fix No Man's Sky and we support them, it's going to set a precedent that other companies are going to launch crap and then, oh, well, we'll just fix it later, okay? I've got news for you. The reason that game companies launch crap and fix it later is not something they sit down and plan to do. It's something that happens out of necessity. I don't think there's a whiteboard at some AAA developer right now that says, launch crap, fix it later. That's our vision statement. That's we're really going to lead with this because look at all these other games that have successfully done this. Absolutely not. That is incredibly risky to do that. There's not a publisher in existence that would be like, so what's your big game plan? Oh, well, our game plan is to launch a terrible game and then we're going to fix it later. And they'd be like, why on earth would we support that? What the reason that this happens, it's not by design as if they sit down and that's their business strategy. It's by design because contractual obligations meet up with bandwidth problems and then boom, here's a bad game. We will fix it later, right? We will fix it later. It seems to be pretty effective. No, it's not. Ask the litany of failed games and shut down studios if it's pretty effective. The, the big industry leaders get away with it. There's a handful of games that have managed to have their comeback moment. But most games that launch like this, they're not popping champagne bottles and throwing confetti in the air. They're closing their doors. Like, that, there is absolutely no way that that's going to become a standard in the industry of like, oh yeah, the best thing to do now is launch crap and then fix it, fix it later. Yeah, Anthem has entered the chat. Anthem, you had Bioware and you had EA funding and they couldn't get it. They could not get that thing back on track. It becomes a lost cause. If, if a company like Bioware and money like EA can't get a game like Anthem off the t- off the table, I don't think you're going to see an industry standard develop where companies are like, alright, forget everything you know about developing a good game, we're going to develop a bad game, and we'll just fix it later. It happens because the industry is, by design, in tension with itself. There, it's, it's, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. I don't know. It's like, they create this tension of the game must launch on this day. And here is a bucket of cash to build it, okay? And then they go and they start building it. And they encounter setbacks. They encounter problems. They have to build systems they didn't anticipate building, right? It was... Uh, I'll give you a very, very relatable example. This really beautiful studio wall you see behind me, Okay. I had in my mind what it was going to be like and how it was going to go. But it didn't go that way. It took way longer than we initially planned. This little animation down in the corner, right? This little animation down in the corner. Creatures learning as he goes how to make that. So that's taking way longer than we originally thought it would take. We were going to launch memberships on the network early this year. And we encountered st- like like a CVS like receipt level of problems and setbacks 
and and snags and these are just like small little projects that we're doing on our own imagine what happens at a giant developer that's got like one department's working on the physics and this department's working on the visuals and that department's working on the guns so of course games launch and it's like this isn't ready what in the heck happened here you know who doesn't do that sony studios and look what happens as a result i don't disagree i don't disagree with you eugene that there are companies that have a more a more healthy relationship with the developer and publisher timing thing there are certainly companies that are better at this than others 100% they're better at it right it, but they're kind of the exception to the rule the entire industry and, and this is where I think we're, we're standing I believe that we are standing on the precipice of an evolutionary change in gaming and evolutionary changes are painful and they're and they're and they're awkward and there's a lot of stumbling going on. This is what is happening, okay? Everything is growing at a rate that is so fast, everyone is trying to stay in front of it. So you have player expectations are growing at an, a ridiculous rate. All you have to do is look at the complete ridiculousness of the situation with Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut to see that the gaming community does not have a set personality, okay? The gaming community is is, is a giant, massive body of people and we're basically a schizophrenic. Like, as, as, a, ga- as, a, as a global gaming community, we are schizophrenic. And I say that in a very in an intentional way. If you, if you were to clinically diagnose how the gaming community behaves, one week, everyone's complaining about cross-generational support, holding games back. God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden Rest, the games are being held back. And I, I don't even care if they've only sold 8 million. No. Cross-generational support becomes like a giant debate for like two weeks when we find out that God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West will be on old and new consoles and people just assume and presume that that means they're not going to look as good. Enter Sucker Punch developer. Here comes Sucker Punch. And Sucker Punch says, we're going to spend extra time, love, and care and add a bunch of new cooler things to Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, and it's going to be optional on the PS5. If you want to buy the $10 upgrade, you can. You don't have to. We're not forcing you. You can spend the $10. And what does the global gaming community, what does it do? It lashes out and review bombs a work of art game that is magnificent and is given so much to the community for nothing like the legends mode and all of the updates to that they give they give you they charge you nothing for that and then they give you the option to spend ten dollars on a bunch of cool stuff they did for the ps5 so one week we're complaining about cross-generational support being like a complete 
failure of the industry. These giant multi-million dollar corporations were supposed to anticipate the dev kits and the capabilities of consoles before they were out, why they were building games that you're hoping to buy end of this year, right? You're you're hoping to to buy that end of this year. They were supposed to somehow anticipate that and not support cross-generational support and only build the game for a fraction of the player base. You know, 10 million PS5s in circulation versus 120 million. And then, I don't know, a month later, when a company's like, hey, we did stuff that is specific to the PS5. It's going to be awesome. It's going to add all that stuff that you paid for, all those cool new features on your PS5. For 10 bucks, you can enjoy all this, right? And what do people say? We should be free. So you're doing two things now. You're telling companies that cross-generational support holds their game back. They should be striving to make their games look and perform better on the new consoles. And when they do, and they want to charge for it, you have a problem with that. It's like, I don't understand. You can't win at this point. It's it's impossible to win now. It's impossible. Because now, you don't know what the consumer base wants. Do they want everything for free? Well, we can't. That's not feasible. Do they want cross-generational support well no they don't they're saying they want everything to look better on the next well what about doing extra stuff for the for the new, the new generation no don't do that shouldn't do it dlc fine upgrades crap you don't even have to do it mo it's totally optional just charge ten dollars more for the ps5 version don't even give people the option for the features David, some guy named David something needs to speak to Lono to educate him about the whole cross-gen thing. What, what? Why don't you educate me? I need educated about cross-generational support. Please. I can't wait for you to educate me about cross-generational support and wh- how it's holding games back. I, I can't wait for you to break this down for me with respect to the economic supply and demand of consoles that meet saturation levels that are globally impressive and then they're supposed to turn their back on that globally impressive saturation so that you can have prettier lights in your video game that's what they're supposed to do they're supposed to make monumentally terrible business decisions with respect to distribution of their product because you want your game to be prettier like that's what they should do five dollars from tj rage imagine a cold wintry saturday morning you roast up some coffee and you have Halo and Elden Ring to play. I don't understand. Oh, oh, well, January is Elden Ring. Yeah, it's a bit, bit, bit further out. I think it's fair that gamers, as a consumer, have every right to not support expansions and not want to pay for next-gen versions. I don't think the correct response is to review bomb, but as a consumer, it's fair game to not agree with the dev's decision. And let me tell you what you're going to get as a prize, Gilly. Let me tell you. You want to know how companies respond when they create something and charge for it, and then you say, I'm not willing to pay for that. Do you want to know what they're going to do as a response, as a business? They're not going to do it anymore. Why? Because the market doesn't support it. The market doesn't support it. Why are we going to bother doing it? 
just make a, a cross-generational supported game through backwards compatibility, and who cares about those 10 million whiners over on the PS5? There's 120 million people right now with PlayStation 4s who don't give a crap about any of this. Why'd we waste any time on this? Bunch of ungrateful, whiny, period, entitled, period, Karens, period. Why would we waste any time making content for them? What's the point? That will be the result. That's what developers are going to say. That's what I would say if I was in charge. I'd be like, well, forget you, man. We spent all this time building this, and you're going to cry and whine and not buy and review bomb over $10? Then screw you. That would be my response. <laughs> Forget you. You're a drop in the bucket right now. You're nothing, you little 10 million nothing. There's 120 million people right now who can buy Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, and have this amazing experience. And who can- That's what'll happen. That's what'll happen. The, the, the market will respond to the consumer, and if the consumer continues on this trend of give me more, give me more for nothing, then they'll, they'll stop doing it. They'll stop investing in those things. Why are we going to do this? They just want it for free. Uh, $5 from East Coast Overlord. Yeah, they should only make games for 3080s and 3090s. Leave all the people at 1060s in the dust. Right, right. Please, my eardrums. Where are you listening, Rad? Are you listening in Discord? Oh, you're in Discord. Yeah, I can't put a, con- a compressor. I can't put a compressor on uh, in Discord. Uh, OBS saves everybody's ears when I raise my voice because of the compressor. <laughs> but I guess I need to be careful about that because if we start simulcasting to all of the podcast platforms, I won't have a compressor. It'll. It, we'll, have to, we'll have to look into maybe doing an actual compressor through the mixer, maybe. Um. <sighs> when you give in a culture that believes everything should be free this shouldn't come in as a surprise Lono it's been like 5 months since I've been really uh, in any gaming news lately but I'm back real hope all is well good to see you all oh, good to see you Nighthawks I tuned in and accidentally had my phone at max volume co-workers looked like what the f- yeah what are you listening to I feel this because of crappy practices back in the mid 2000 and early 2010 uh, something looks different face cam changes maybe higher frame rate better colors or something it's a little bit different uh, the background slightly darker and I will show you why we finished the wall and so I had to turn off the ceiling the corner ceiling lights so there's a definite more of a studio dark vibe now um, and now we have more real estate if we want to do other scenes and overlays and stuff. Creature really wants this space for stuff. So, we, uh, we're back. Now, the reason I went on that giant rant, okay? <laughs> the reason I went on that giant rant is because if you are trying to predict what the gaming community wants right now, it's got it, it has to just be absolutely uh, like unpredictable you have no idea what they want in one month they're angry about cross-generational support 
And then in the next month, they're review bombing a, a company that did an extra upgrade that's optional for $10 to make the next gen console version look so much better. You know, well, they do FPS boost for free on the Xbox. Then go play your freaking Xbox, right? I feel like that guy in Goodfellas. Go get your shine box. Like, go get your freaking Xbox then and play it, right? Because FPS boost is not is not what this is. It isn't. And to a certain extent, it would be awesome if companies saw the market support Ghost of Tsushima. Do you want to know what would happen? More companies would do that. Oh man, we should push out an update for um. We should put out push out a texture update and a lighting update and all this stuff for next gen for the. Uh, for, for ESO and we'll, we'll yeah we'll charge 10 bucks for it it'll be totally optional if they want it they can they can they can buy it but the market's not supporting it well the market might be supporting it but the whiny minority can be so loud the internet is a bullhorn like it, it, you can hand it to anybody I can hand a bullhorn to my to my daughter and what she's going to say and do with it is not going to be as effective as somebody at like a at like a rally being like, all right, we need everybody to gather and come over here to the side. She's just going to be yelling and laughing because she's a kid. You can't a bullhorn to the internet and this is what they do with it. Entitlement is certainly a thing. I also think we've gotten bad remasters and HD upgrades in the past versus genuine remakes like Spyro, Crash, and Ratchet. This, but this, I just, this is in such a different category, Russell. And I think you're right. I think the industry burns your hand after a while and you get calloused. And that's what some people are now. They're just calloused and angry. They're like, like $10. And then they just go and review bomb. This is different though. This is like a, you don't have to buy it if you don't want it. It's 10 bucks and you get all this extra stuff. If you're not interested in that stuff, then don't spend the 10. And a like, a lot of people d- don't don't didn't buy it. They don't care. They're like, I don't care about the 3D audio haptic controls and the Japanese overdub thing that they did with the mouse. Like, I don't care about that. And they don't spend the ten. And you know what? That's great. That like, it's better to do that. It's better to do that than go review bomb because I guess you think you deserved it for free. Like, you know what I mean? The whiny minority, I like this. And now we have a service that feeds into that group called Game Pass, and we think it's a good thing. I, I feel like y- you you like to grind that axe, and sometimes you like to grind that axe to a fault. These are not connected. I don't think that they're logically connected. Someone subscribing to a service because it has a lot of value is not the same as the consumer that's like, I'm going to go review bomb because I don't want to spend $10 for an upgrade in a game. I don't think that they're one and the same. I, I really don't. Game Pass is not synonymous with whiny minority because Game Pass is honestly something that thinking consumers buy because of the value. You know what I mean? How many moms and dads buy Game Pass because of the value? They're like, this is so much value. This is great. They're like a savvy shopper. That's not a whiny minority. They're not in the same boat. They're cousins. I don't see I don't see the connection. I don't. Now, if you want to argue that people wanting things for free, it's cut from the same cloth. Again, I say it's a value-laden choice. It's not a free I want everything free choice. Game Pass is this is well worth the money. 
Another example would be EA Play. There are people that do EA Play because they see the value in it. They're like, oh, this is a great subscription, man. Look at all the stuff that I get. Those people are not like free-to-play freeloaders who whine about everything. No, they're like, no, these are the games that I play, and this is a really, really great deal. You know, look at what they got to do with Anthem. There are people that signed up for EA Play and got to play Anthem for an entire month for like, what, like eight bucks? And then they're like, yeah, I didn't like it, and they canceled. You know, that's a good value to the consumer. Now, it might not be good for the game's bottom line, but the consumer's making a value-laden decision. There's a giant difference between making a value-laden decision and throwing a tantrum on Reddit or forums or whatever because you're not happy with the $10 or whatever. It's actually not 10, it's 30 because you have to buy the expansion and then upgrade for 10 bucks. No, no, no. The upgrade is 10. The upgrade is 10. So you can buy everything for, I, I, you know, it was like $20 or whatever. And I could have just went in and played through backwards compatibility or whatever and, and, and not had all those extra cool things. I could have been like, no, it looks fine. I want to save my $10 or I could spend the $10 and get and get everything, get all of the goods, right? I don't know. The way I look at it is very simple. If the developer is going to have to take a bunch of extra time here, here's the difference. A lot of people make really, really bad comparisons when this situation came up, they look at like PC. Okay. So when you buy Halo Infinite for your PC, there's going to be a spectrum of performance depending upon what kind of PC you have. And Halo Infinite is not charging you more because you have like a 3090 graphics card, right? Why? Why are they not charging you more? Because they didn't have to go in and do a bunch of extra work to give you a higher resolution. Do you see? They weren't creating anything extra. They weren't. They were just like, here you go. This, this is the game, and it runs in an engine that's agile enough that when you up the resolution or you up the texture mapping, that's all built on a spectrum, and depending upon how strong your system is, you can go all the way up. So, if, if you go and buy the Ghost of Tsushima $10 upgrade, that is not, right? That is not them saying oh, we're charging you because it runs a little bit better. It's like, no, we took the time, had entire teams of people spend what was likely months of billable, clockable bandwidth on this. It is something extra that we built, and if you want it, you can buy it. It's no different than optional DLC. Yeah, we got this DLC we built. It's 10 bucks. You can go and run a couple of missions. You can go. The um, what, what were those things in Borderlands? Those those uh, holiday headhunter packs, right? The holiday headhunter packs. They they you know it was like one little area, handful of guns and a boss fight. You go out and fight like the big the big the big turkey, and you know it was ten dollars. Okay, you didn't have to buy it. This is in the same camp in my mind. It was a company that said we want to build a bunch of extra stuff for Ghost of Tsushima, and we're going to charge ten dollars for it, right? And when, when I think about Halo Infinite not having a co-op campaign, not having, not having Forge, and everybody is very, very upset. 
I think they're similar, but I think the difference here is there are people that were literally, in the most literal sense, buying Halo to play a co-op campaign with their their significant other or their sibling or their child or their friend who moved overseas, right? They were really, really looking forward to that. They were like, yes, I can't wait. And now... Uh, <laughs> They can't. They're like, I gotta wait. You delayed the game a year, and now the main reason I was gonna buy the game, like, if you guys take our poll in chat right now, right, 446 people voted. Vote. Which is more important for Halo Infinite, a co-op campaign or Forge mode? Unsurprising, it's a 70-30 split. The co-op campaign is winning. Halo on PC is the most important feature? Sure. Hmm. Sony games need to be careful review bombing games because that's why that zombie game isn't getting a sequel. Generally, I'm fine with paying for new content, but I can't get behind paying for something that allows content to run best on my console, like frame rate and resolution. But they're not charging you for frame rate and resolution. Ghost of Tsushima can can use the PS4 uh, resolution or performance mode, and you get you get increased performance on your PS5 compared to the PS4. They added 3D audio, a complete new overdub for the for the mouths for Japanese if you wanted that, and then a bunch of stuff for your haptic controller. That's not them just going back and saying, yeah, it runs at a higher resolution now. It is like that sometimes. Ray tracing implementation is a lot of work, and they don't charge for that on PC. It is a lot of work, HD, but the difference is is when they're building that game, that's just baked into the crust. If they come back to that game later and they say, we are launching a DLC and it's $10. Now, for an additional $10, we also have a ray tracing, high-definition texture pack, all these extra things and goodies, 3D audio, haptic feedback for your controller. We went and changed all of the cutscenes to run smoother and better. And if you want that for $10, you can buy it. Like, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a company that went and did a bunch of extra stuff and then charging money for it. You know? I I don't know. I just... The reason I went on this big, big, huge rant originally is because we were talking about the expectations of gamers. Gamers have expectations right now that are incredibly unpredictable, right? They're they're incredibly unpredictable. One month we're talking about cross-generational support holding back gaming, and then companies come in and say, we're going to go forward and do a bunch of extra new stuff to advance the next-gen version, and everybody gets really angry because they want to charge $10, right? I think a lot of people confuse it's not worth $10 with I don't want to spend $10. Right. That's right. Hey, somebody ordered some coffee, one bag of light roast, and one bag of dark roast. Thank you, Ross. He got the 1-1 special, man. He did it. He did one bag of light, and he did one bag of dark. If you guys want to order, it's available. Zubair, Zubair. Dark Roast is here. I'm drinking some this morning, and it is magnificent. It is so, so good. My wife and I were actually talking. Uh, we were at our kids' soccer game the other day on Saturday, and we agreed that, like, you would want to interchange them. Like, the Light Roast is still so good and so crisp, but, man, that Dark Roast is so bold and full. It's excellent. 
it's excellent. It's so smooth. It's real smooth for a dark roast. It's very, very smooth. I mean, the grounds are black, and they've got such a great smell whenever you're making it in the morning. It's it's really, really good. Some people have the expectation that 3D audio and haptic feedback would be included. Well, but but why? Why? Let me let me uh, let me let me enlighten some of the people here about this discussion because I think some people are a little bit in the dark here. Ghost of Tsushima is a PS4 game. You understand? <laughs> right? It's 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 it is a it is a PS4 game. It is not it is not a PS5 game. It's not. It's not a PS5 game. It launched on the PS4. So why would it come with all that stuff? <laughs> Why would it come with all that stuff? You're playing it through backwards compatibility. You're playing an old game. You see? Like, when I bought my Xbox Series X, I didn't think, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go play Halo 5, and I'm going to get all this new extra stuff. No, I'm I'm playing it through backwards compatibility. It wasn't built for this console, so it's not going to tap into all the greatness. Now they might push out an update. Now they... They might charge for it. I don't know. The FPS boost was a really smart play by Xbox. It was. It was a really smart play. Because a lot of people think that what they're paying for for $10 in Ghost of Tsushima is the same. They think it's equal to FPS boost. And it ain't equal. <laughs> you know. It ain't, it ain't equal. So I want to make sure I have nothing wrong I have nothing wrong. You are getting all DLC and future DLC included. What are you talking about? In what? I got news for you. I looked at where they put Ghost of Ikishima, uh, the island of Ikishima on the map. I have a, I have a feeling they're going to be adding to that game for the next five years. I think they're just going to add islands all around. That's what I think they're going to do. I, I, I was worried they were going to like try and do like a live service thing. I don't know. I, I think they're just going to periodically add islands, you know, and you're going to you're going to go and do stuff. I think it's going to be great. It's just it's just my gut instinct. Um, We're covering a lot of different news this morning. So if you are new and you clicked on this because of Halo Infinite, we want to hear from you. Be sure to hit subscribe so you can talk in the chat. Take our poll, which is more important in your mind the co-op campaign or the forge mode if you haven't heard the news both uh both the co-op campaign and the forge mode will be absent uh in halo infinite when it launches they'll be added later in a later season and so obviously everybody is very disappointed we're also covering the fact that splitgate you know teased the potential of a uh teased the potential of a story mode and uh, we have the info on the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. We have that info as well. Uh, PlayStation owners will be very pleased with that uh, that announcement and that information. Um, so, thanks guys for being here. Smash the like button and smash the subscribe button. Turnout's been really, really stellar lately. Chat activity's been awesome. Thank you for all the questions. We only need 25 more likes to roll the likes over. We did have a question here from Ratchet. Why would Splitgate, de- why would Splitgate devs make a story mode? I, it, basically, they're open to it. They're open to it. What's good, Sven? 
I don't necessarily think that they're saying, oh yeah, we're working on a story right now. But they tease the idea that like, yeah, we're open to that. Like that would be really, really fun. Um, you know, if you think about it, a lot of what mates Splitgate so good, it's standing on the shoulders of single player games that came before it. Whether you think of Portal 1 and 2 or Halo, they they those were those were at their core when they launched, you know, Portal was a single player game and so was Halo and then the multiplayer comes later, right? Well, I guess Halo 1 had multiplayer, but at its core, I, I think it originally sold itself on the idea of like you know, playing a really cool single-player, you know, shooter or whatever. Um, so I would I would say that the idea of doing a story mode in Splitgate is probably built on the fact that like we you know we're we're standing on the shoulders of a lot of different uh, a lot of different shooters, you know. Um, this is just a PS5 upgrade. Do I get all past DLC and future DLC included? What are you getting? In the DC PS5 that you don't get on the PS4, I guess is what I'm wondering. Oh, it's you're just you, all you're doing is is buying a ten dollar upgrade to the game itself. They went back and they redid all of the cutscenes. They did 3D audio. They did uh, they did the half the controls. That's not something that you're you're not buying that and getting all future DLC. It was an upgrade to the game. I think the good news is they are building the game as a platform now, so the various modes can be added and updated in a modular fashion. Future campaigns can be built without the baggage of modes. I think that's a really good way of looking at Halo Infinite, in that Halo Infinite, they they want to they invest in this for 10 years, and I think that's how they're going to do it. The best way to invest in the game for 10 years is to give, as you said, is to give yourself a platform give yourself the ability to say hey this season we're adding this this season we're adding that now the real question for halo infinite i think is what are you doing one year later right i wouldn't be surprised if the first couple of seasons go over pretty well they'll add the co-op campaign they'll probably have an ad- i wouldn't be surprised if when they do the co-op campaign they they will they'll add on to it there might be you know some story they could add some story like so that way you there's more there's more for you to do right and then they could then and then forge comes a couple seasons later but what are you doing like a year later you know hang on one second Because if you're trying to do an ongoing live service game these days, I, I think that's the bigger question. That's always the bigger question. How, how, what are you doing in a year? What are you doing in one year? How are you going to reinvigorate the player base in 12 months? Because you can, you can clearly get people to come back the first couple of seasons. I don't think that's in doubt. Right? off topic but it's weird seeing you in green I know right I like my wife's always like oh that's a good color on you that's a good color on you I was like what well, yes because I'm usually wearing a black t-shirt you know so whether I'm wearing we had the Ghost Rider shirt the other day with the blue you know what I mean uh, someone help me what exactly happened with Halo so in an interview Sally it became known it became known that 
Uh, McMuffin ordered a bag of dark roast. Thank you, McMuffin. Um, it became known that they would be launching the game without the co-op campaign and without Forge Mode. So people are obviously very upset because they delayed the game for an entire year and now it's launching with what some people consider these these are foundational features, especially the co-op campaign. If you never owned the game before, the director's cut is 60 or 70 for the optional PS5 features. If you own the game, it's 20 or 30. That's right. Light Roast is too good. Can't wait to try the Dark Roast. Thank you. You can add Invasion, Infection, Fireteam, Warzone, Breakout. You can remake classic maps, dual wielding, playable elites. It's endless with Halo. That's why a complete Halo game is impossible. <sighs> Buying stuff now does not entitle you to future content. We gotta drop that BS. Yeah. So you can only play the solo campaign. What a bummer. A lot of people is, is I think, very, a lot of people are very frustrated by that aspect of it. They were like, I was gonna play with my kid or my friend or whatever, you know. Um, I, I think it's understandable for people to be frustrated about it. Give me Halo Infinite with multiplayer and a campaign. The rest can wait. I'm not even upset. I understand uh, during these times. Right, 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 right. Co-op needs to be there at launch, then Forge Season 2, but early access to Forge Masters. Yeah. Isn't green the easiest color on the eyes, like on the light spectrum? Uh, I actually don't know. I, I, I actually don't know. Um, yeah. The, the, the Ghost of Tsushima one... Is almost like high contrast and it's like blue. Blue is usually pretty easy on the eyes, but that's a bit much because it's a blue light, you know, on like a neon blue. <clears throat> Bungie just released a teaser which confirmed all the leaks. Lamal, this is pathetic. I don't understand why. Why is everyone? Why is everyone saying the leaks are pathetic? I didn't look at them. So a half baked release. The chest pain this is where this yeah I mean this is one of the reasons people are really upset that's how they feel they feel it's a half baked release they're like what on earth we waited all this time you know now uh Kanban in chat or Kanban I don't know what I, don't, I, I wanted to go with Kanban that, that, but I, I could be saying his name wrong his contention has been this is fine because they're building a platform, adding these things as time goes on. You can't you can't literally have a Halo Infinite with like every single thing. My light pushback on what I think his is, his is a very measured position and I respect it. My pushback on his position is co-op campaign is a pretty big that's a pretty big thing to omit on your launch because it's attached to the campaign. You know, I 100% agree with his take when it comes to the forge you don't need forge at the beginning come on you know what i mean um uh so you know a lot of people are saying uh in here stay away from the shorter wavelength colors blue indigo violet that being said yellow and green which are the top uh at the visible spectrum bell curve are easiest for the eyes to process huh that's interesting 
Everything is pretty big, depends on who you ask. Co-op and Forge are not that important, says Mo. I believe three to six months, the leaks are unconfirmed. Okay. Siki is not an excuse for this game, says Eugene. It should have basically been finished before the Siki. I think one of the leading problems in game develop game development, so Halo Infinite as an example, I don't think the problem is that you don't have good developers. I think the developers take all the blame and it's not their fault. I honestly think it always comes down to to leadership. It comes down to leadership. You know what I mean? You're making a straw man, says Matanagi. We have no problem missing a few modes, but staple features must be there at launch. Let, that's why I think I'm pushing back a little bit on, on, uh, on Kanban's position. It's like, 100% you're right. Forge does not need to be there at launch. It can come later. Co-op campaign? Ooh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like that, you, you want to be able to play together with your buddies, not wait three months. Who wants to go back in three months and play the campaign? You know? Having played the flight for Halo, I have no concerns with the game modes being added later. Co-op delay is annoying, but I want every aspect to be amazing. I plan to be playing it for 10 years. Who's going to go back and play co-op after they've already completed the campaign solo? If co-op isn't there at launch, then don't put it in the game at all, says Savage Sharkbite. Here's what I think they're going to do, Savage Sharkbite. I think they're going to give you a reason to go back and play the campaign if they're smart. Co-op campaign ain't a staple. What percentage of completed co-ops? Didn't Eugene look up the trophies and co-op campaign completion was actually a pretty pretty high? I thought he went and looked at it and said it was actually it was actually pretty important. I I actually think they're going to give you a reason to go back. If they're smart, they'll reinvigorate the entire campaign. They'll do something to make it really really fun to go back and play again or an incentive or a reward, you know, uh, or something with something with other players that you, you're like, yeah, I really am. I, I want to go back and do this. Cause I think that's the dilemma is if you've already played it, you know, I think it'll be hard. I think it'll be hard to convince you or your friends to come back. You know, I think it'll be tough. I think it will. You know, hot take. You won't be able to finish the actual story until they release co-op, which will contain the story's ending. Oh, I don't think they're doing that. No. Eugene says it's pretty high. It's been a defining feature of the franchise since day one. A new skulls for the campaign. Something, something. I thought Halo is mediocre, and even I played the first three co-op campaigns. Co-op campaign's the only reason I even picked up Halo 1 in the first place. They can always wait to play the campaign unless you get unlucky and have it spoiled. You're still playing the same, maybe even better game. It's so funny how this happens, right? Like, if it's not important to you, you act as though it's not important objectively, right? I, I, I... And this one's tough. This one's tough because there are people who are like, no, who cares about co-op campaign? I play through it solo. Who, who gives a rip about all this stuff, right? I, I do think it's totally fine for you to be like, it's not important to me. 
But I think if you actually look at the player base at large, co-op campaign is very, very popular, right? Very popular. Literally, the only reason I played Halo Master Chief Collection or Halo period was playing the campaigns last fall co-op with friends. Co-op is massive in Halo. It's never been missing from one Halo game for the last 20 years. Can it go without it? Sure. Should it be in the game? Yes. And what do you remember when Halo 5 wasn't going to have split sc- like local split screen? Everybody got really angry about that because you were going to need literally two Xboxes and two televisions if you wanted to play through the campaign of Halo 5 with your, you know, your couch co-op buddy. <clears throat> Not saying that I understand, I just don't care. I tried playing the other Halo games. I just couldn't get into it. Turned it off after a few minutes. They have not... If you didn't grow up playing them, they don't age all that particularly well. They don't. If you don't have a nostalgic attachment to the music and the moments and the things that happen, the Halo campaigns don't age very well. They're not that that great. When I was playing Reach a couple of weeks ago because we were covering the fact that Heroes of Reach was going to be like the first season in Halo... And uh, we went and played Halo Reach. As a, as, a, as a gamer and as a commentator, I pointed out a lot of the things that were good and kind of before its time, and they, were, they had done some really dope stuff. But I also was just kind of like, this is just not that great. It just it hasn't really aged all that well. If you have a nostalgic attachment to it, sure, it does. It, it feels great. It's so fun to go back and play. But uh, if, if you don't, oof, it, it, they're not that amazing. You know, they're old games, man. Old games were great at the time. You, you go back and play any game right now. Like GoldenEye, as an example. Go play GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64. If you have a nostalgic attachment to it, you're like, oh, this is pretty good. If you never played GoldenEye and you went back right now and tried to play GoldenEye, you'd be like, this is really lame. This is super dated and slow, you know? As someone who played through every Halo campaign on Legendary with my closest friend, I'm disappointed it's not at launch. However, I think Forge is technically more important. Oh, really? You, okay, so you think Forge is more important. So yeah, the, the majority of the audience has taken the poll. If you haven't taken our poll yet, it's at the top of the chat there. Which is more important for Halo Infinite? Co-op campaign or Forge mode? It's a 70-30 split. GoldenEye feels horrible despite all the nostalgia. Oh, it's it's rough. It's rough. McMuffin, Lono, who else wants to slander? Papa Halo. <laughs> Just tuning in. Apologies if this has been said. But wasn't it kind of implied that these would be separate launches? Like, I kind of just assumed since PvP was launching almost as a standalone free-to-play. Oh, I didn't get that impression at all, Chris. Did you notice how you always retrace the level? A bungee staple that is uh, very evident in Destiny. Oh, yeah, reuse of capital. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I did that in... um, in the in the Doom and I'm sorry in the Quake remaster that I played the other day, they did that back then. Quake was having you retread areas. It it was actually I mean it was really smart for the time. You spend all that time developing an area, making me loop back in, tread back through, go get a key, come back to the door. They they were doing that 
they were doing that in Quake. Quake Quake 1 was doing that. They spent all that time building those rooms. Doom still holds up. Quake holds up. I could not believe how good Quake felt. I was like, oh my word, this is good. You know, and here's the funny thing. I never played Quake 1 extensively. I played Quake 2 and Quake 3. I had guys giving me so much grief in the comments. They're like, this guy's clearly never played Quake. It's like, I think I played it a handful of times when I was a child, like 30 years ago or something. Like, what the frick? No, not 30 years ago. 23, 24 years ago, I played, and they were mad that I didn't know where the secrets were. I was like, I I didn't play a lot of Quake 1. So I didn't have a nostalgic attachment to Quake 1, and I was like, man, this game holds up. It is impressive. I don't know. What's Forge Mode? I haven't voted yet. Map Builder. The ability to build your own maps. I adore my Dreamcast, and I like to go back and play some of those games that still feel pretty good, but at the end of the day, I'm chasing a nostalgia fix more than anything else. Doing that since Metroid, treading back. Well, I would say the difference in a Metroid or a Metroidvania is that treading back is by design. Oh, I can't get up there yet. I don't have double jump, right? So... That's by design. Some of these games don't do it by design. They do it because it's just the sensible thing to do. You go into a room, and you go up to the top, and there's a door that says you need a gold key. And so you get the gold key, and you go and fight all the bosses, and then you loop back up around the steps, and you cross the bridge over where you were just fighting. Well, that's good use of capital. They built the room. That's kind of like a Metroidvania, right? You go and get the double jump, and now you can come back. But there's a sense of growth in power and ability in a Metroidvania. Getting a gold key doesn't really do that in in Quake. You're like, well, now I can go in that room. It's more like a puzzle solve, right? Than it is of of a power fantasy. Like, I'm getting stronger and better, right? In the Metroidvania. Forge was not a staple until Halo 3, since that's when online gaming hit mainstream. Co-op was always there. Well, I think that's why co-op is winning. So if these older games aren't good for anything other than nostalgia, what's the purpose of backwards compatibility and FPS boost if the games don't hold up today? Oh, this is such a good question, okay? So the reason that backwards compatibility and FPS boost is a thing is not because it's driving sales numbers. It is not because it is a console mover. It is pure value perception. My console can do this, and your console cannot. How many games have I gone back and played? One, maybe two, on backwards compatibility with FPS Boost on my Xbox Series X. But boy, oh boy, when I go to my full installable library on my Xbox, it feels pretty good. It, it feels pretty good. It's like, well, there's all my stuff. I'm, I will probably never install 90% of what's there. But the knowledge that I can is a value to me. It's like, who knows what might happen? Maybe there's an anniversary of some game and we want to play it to celebrate the anniversary. Maybe my brother's in town and he's like, oh my gosh, remember thus and so game? Or like, oh yeah, let's install it and play it. You never know. It's just nice. It's a nice feeling that it's there. 
that's why they give you backwards compatibility and FPS boost because it makes you feel like oh, I can't leave this console it's a value laden decision that not only is it a value to you as the consumer but it makes it's, it's sticky it's like dude I can't leave the Xbox why all my games are here you know all my stuff is here behold my stuff it's all here in the corner you're describing my vault in Destiny. Right, you know, you do that with loot in loot-based games. You do this with old collectibles in your house, probably. It also helps with sunk cost. All my games. That's right. That's right. Um, Skill Up, I guess, got early access to Aliens Fireteam Elite, and he's recommending it. Well, that's really fun to hear. <laughs> that's fun to hear. I was kind of worried about that title. Um, he's recommending it. Isn't it, doesn't it launch this week? We may have made a tactical error with video game voting. Um, Aliens Fireteam release date. Isn't it this week? Oh, I'm trying to crack my back. Oh, did they do like an unofficial update for this? Um, it's tomorrow. Yeah, it releases tomorrow. We're not going to be able to do First Time Tuesday tomorrow. It's going to have to get bumped. You guys all voted for Avengers um, because you're horrible people. Uh, (laughs) Oh, man. I suppose we could record it and throw it over on gaming since everybody wants me, you know, see me go through that. Uh, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. I'll brainstorm with Creature because the further away we get from the Wakandan update, the less likely it's going to be even worth it. doing a, a, a an Avengers stream. First time Tuesday. Uh, never knew you played this game. Well, it'll be a first time Tuesday of Aliens Fireteam. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, the Wakandan expansion is excellent. Uh, please play that. I was considering doing that. Um, I wonder if I could just do a first 30 minute of that. That would grant you your vote and then we would have a video, but it wouldn't be here on the main channel. So we... We have to think through how we want to do that. We added video game voting to the Discord. If you're a Tier 2 member or above, you can go vote. And as long as nothing major drops, like, you know, Aliens Fireteam dropping, um, as long as nothing major drops, then we... That's kind of how we're going to cover it. We're going to say, all right, let's go... uh, Let's let's go and let's go and play this brand new game. If nothing new comes out, we have something slated for every single day. So, you get, think you're gonna do something for, for do something for Gamescom? I mean, I hope. I hope so. We would like to cover it. I forget what the times are though. So, um, we we like covering live events, man. We like covering live events. It's fun. Uh, hang on a second here. Do you think Overwatch will use Call of Duty Vanguard when it officially? comes out do you think Overwatch will use Call of Duty Vanguard when it officially comes out what on earth happened to that question Ratchet you're going to have to explain yourself Um, let's go with Unholy Monk's question with the rise of the arena shooter and ever changing gaming trends do you think Battlefield's portal is their answer to adapting to market demands and trends I don't know if it's that I don't know if it's that I think it's more about we want to see what people come up with because that's where some of the magic happens, right? 
They meant anti-cheat. Oh, will Overwatch use the same anti-cheat that Call of Duty Vanguard's using? I, I have no idea. I don't. I would think... Um, I would think that if they're building something that is proprietary to Call of Duty, they won't be able to. Now, if they're building their own anti-cheat, then sure, given the you know Blizzard Activision and Activision, I mean, they may, they may share it and say, hey, you can use it over there on Overwatch. You know what I mean? It's 1 a.m. AWST on Wednesday. Okay. Xbox is... Oh, come on. It's right there. Oh, I felt it. Xbox Gamescom showcases tomorrow. Okay. Personal big issue. Game Pass Humankind does not let you rename cities and units. The Steam version does. If it's a bug, it's annoying. If it's by design, I will stop playing the game. That's weird. They won't let you do it? <clears throat> that doesn't sound like a bug. That sounds like it's a feature that they just they just didn't put in your the, the console version. Um, we like covering live events. Yeah, when they don't have an hour-long wait beforehand. Yeah, that's always a big bummer where you're like, here it comes, and then it shows up and it's a timer, and you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. That's always a, that's always a bummer. Um, so... <clears throat> there's an Xbox event tomorrow I think so o- over at Gamescom um, over at uh, over at Gamescom hang on a second okay cool uh, what is this email about oh it's another press release okay Zubair can't complain it's on Game Pass <laughs> yeah you can't complain because you didn't pay any money <laughs> it's free it's free uh, what is a Metroid game? There's a lot of games that you would describe as a Metroidvania. Ori in the Blind Forest, Ori in the Will of the Wisps, Hollow Knight. Uh, Gamescom is tomorrow. Alright, Creature got the schedule for me here. Um, Tuesday at 10am Pacific Time is the Xbox stream. So, man, we're gonna have, we're gonna probably have to do three streams tomorrow. If we want to cover that, because we'll need to do the morning stream, then the Xbox stream, then Aliens Fire Team, uh, and then Gamescom's day one. It starts at the same time, like in the afternoon on Wednesday, um, and then the opening night live show. They're doing something that night, and then day two starts at the same time in the afternoon on Thursday. Dying to know Gamescom edition. Awesome Indies is on Thursday as well. Future Game Show. Um, yeah, there's literally no freaking way we can cover every every nook and cranny of this. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure out a way. Um, we're gonna have to figure out a way on, on how we want to do it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Did anyone else see on the Splitgate subreddit uh, that someone randomly generated a referral code and it was, oh, no way. How is that even possible? I mean, I guess when it's randomly generated, it might spit out a word. That's terrible. I mean, I suppose it could be saying that those people are that, you know, they they are a bunch of Richards or it could be talking about their Richards. It, it's, it's hard to know, right? <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to know. 
Just play the game during the countdown timer. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work for YouTube. Like, I can't have, like, a stream to cover Gamescom and, like, oh, I'll just play a game instead. Because then that, number one, nobody's searching for that. Like, what I'm looking for right now is a, is a stream or a video where they're going to be covering Gamescom, but they'll be playing Aliens Fireteam. That doesn't work. <laughs> uh... Get in the Xbox One at least. Dying Light 2, some updates, and of course, random stuff. Yeah, the Xbox One is probably well worth doing, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, But I want to go back to this question, because he said, Unholy Monk says, with the rise of the arena shooter and the ever-changing gaming trends, do you think Battlefield's portal is their answer in adapting to the market demands and trends? I don't think Battlefield's doing... I don't think they're doing Battlefield Portal because of the rise of Arena Shooter or the Switch in 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 the in the community. I don't think so. I really, really don't. What I think they're doing is is they're just wanting to see can there be that organic community fire? What are people going to come up with? You know, what kind of goofy game modes are are, are is there is there going to be? If there's one thing game companies need to figure out how to do, because they can make a ton of money off of it if they can, is crowdsourcing quality. Can you crowdsource quality? Can you get people to make game modes and, and, and new things and exciting things? Like, is that possible? You know? Um, and if you can, you can make a ton of money on it. You know? Um, Oh, 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 Creature. I was like, why are you adding Creature? Because you called him out about the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good, that's good. Um, so, I, you know. Uh, good old debate stream. The title says Gamescom. The video shows Aliens. That's right. That's right. If you guys are in chat and you're interested in the, you know, the Xbox stuff, I mean, I, obviously, we, we want to cover it. I'm curious how many people are actually interested. But beyond that, a lot of it's not going to be... I don't know. The Xbox stream, I'm gonna, they've already said there's nothing new. There, there's not going to be any new games or anything. Um, Bethesda tried to do that with mods and it failed hard. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't always go that well. I mean, sometimes it does go really, really well. Like with Skyrim, it went really, really well. And other games, it hasn't gone, you know. I'm going to use that to build a Battlefield Halo slander stabbing game mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you load everybody in on the map, and they have to choose, you know, a position. You have two billboards, and whatever position they choose, they go over into a cage, and then you just come in and stab them all. <laughs> so Bear's like, you've chosen poorly. He just drops in and starts stabbing everybody. Um... Ashton says, I wonder what demographic of gamer is being so vocal about the co-op campaign no shade just how many people are complaining are from halo one two or even three days right no i i think that's a valid i think that's a valid question i I, you know i i do i think that whenever these debates come up it's all it's it's always a very it's always a very uh similar similar breakdown there are the people that care Okay, and in that camp of people that care, there are people that go way overboard and they act like it is literally 
the single most important feature to ever exist in the entire universe. Okay. And then there are the people that are like, no, it's just really important to me. I played every single one. And then there are the people that don't care. And the people that don't care kind of break down into two camps. There are people that don't care. They're like, this is stupid. It doesn't matter at all. What? Why are we even talking about this? Right. And then there are the people that don't care that are like, I, it just doesn't matter to me and they're more measured, right? It always kind of breaks down into those two camps and each of those camps have deep, dis, you know, different representatives. But Skyrim did not do well. It was torn apart by PC gamers, but they kept it in and we're getting our fourth release of Skyrim. I don't agree with that summary that Skyrim didn't do well on, on PC. I believe the, the PC modding community like poured a lot into Skyrim. Skyrim was initially really highly praised when it came out. I don't think it launched... Now, I played on console, so maybe when it launched on PC, there were a lot of criticisms. I wasn't really a PC gamer back then. I played Quake 3 Arena last night through Game Pass. It's crazy how my mind thought that game looked incredible in the the 90s, late 90s, versus how it looks today. Right. No, the paid mod. Oh. That's not what I was talking about. I was saying... This is a game that allowed its community to mod it and it and good things came from it, right? Now somebody might say Battlefield Portal Battlefield Portal it should be free. If you want people to really pour themselves into it and make it amazing, Battlefield Portal should be free. Just let anybody do it that wants to. I don't necessarily disagree with that on principle of of strategy of like if you want as many possible people as you can get making fun game modes uh, uh, there, there's a strategy principle there that, that that makes sense just make it free make it free to everybody but there's also I think a lot to be said for hey this is a really really nice suite of tools and cool things we're not giving this away we're, we're charging money for this you know I, I think there's something to be said for that I mean, Battlefield is literally walking onto a, a gaming landscape and doing something that almost nobody else is doing. Charging full price for their game. It, that That is primarily, that is all multiplayer, right? Call of Duty is free. Fortnite is free. Apex Legends is free. And Valorant isn't. Valorant costs money, right? Isn't it like, what's the price? What's, what's Valorant even cost? And Halo, Halo's PvP is 100% free and the campaign is on Game Pass. So, like, it takes some stones to walk out on the field and say, hey, here's our game. It costs money. Because the strategy could be we want to we want to communicate value. We want to have we want to have something that is clearly a top shelf piece of software that you are buying. You're buying for access to this piece of software. Oh, Valorant is free. I thought Valorant was like 20 bucks or something. Cold War costs $60. Okay, I was talking about Call of Duty Warzone, PvP. A PvP-only game, totally free. Call of Duty is free, Fortnite's free, Apex is free, Valorant is free. When you make a lot of money... Oh, excuse me. What the frick? When you make a lot of money, you can have things for free and then sell cosmetics. Sure. I just wonder if if the way Battlefield is approaching this is is going to be viewed as archaic. 
you know? This is old. This is an old way of doing things. You're charging full price. You don't have a campaign. What in the world? Like, I think they're doing just fine commercially, but I just wonder long-term if... If you want to fill the Battlefield funnel with new and existing players or new new and existing fans, I think the existing fans are more than likely going to support it no problem. But the new fans, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I think new fans are going to maybe say, I, there's so many other games I can play right now for $0. November the 5th, November the 5th, they can dive into Vanguard, you know? And then Call of Duty Warzone is going to get completely updated. New map, anti-cheat, all of that for for free. It's not old, it's just not the current trend. Well, but that's another way of saying it's old. (laughs) It's not old, it's just not the current trend. Well, if you're not doing the current trend, then a lot of people are going to be like, this is an old way of doing it, isn't it? This is old. Multiplayer game? Charging full price? What? I think people are clamoring for a paid experience again. I think half the cheater problems are due to so many free-to-play games. That could certainly be in their favor, Hitman. Right? Like, if you get banned from Battlefield, you might be like, dude, let's just go play one of those free-to-play games. You know, you get banned from a game that's like, you want to get back in? Yeah, that'll be $60 You want if you want to get back in. It might really help because people will be like, well, we'll just go cheat in a free-to-play game. We'll just go cheat in Apex or Call of Duty. You know, I, I'm not I'm not giving this company any more money, you know. Um, my Kickstarter, uh, are you seeing a 1,000 for shipping? Uh, we are seeing backers coming. They're trying to check out, and they're, oh, no, I didn't have that problem. I already checked out. Hey, Zubair ordered three bags of dark roast. You are the man. Thank you. For those of you that didn't know, we've had the light roast all this time. Still have it. Still delicious and still amazing. But now it's complimented by its twin brother, dark roast, rageless roast. It's red. It's amazing. I'm drinking it this morning. Get your... uh, Get your orders in. A ton of people ordered it already. Gilly with a question. Do you think there are comparisons to make between Battlefield 2042 and Black Ops 4? Since Black Ops 4 was multiplayer only, Black Ops 4 didn't do very well. Could 2042 fall in the same hole? What were the reasons that that Black Ops 4 didn't do well, though? Was it because it was multiplayer only, or was it because it was just a bad game? You see, you see, Gilly. Like, if if Black Ops 4 would have been stellar and amazing, would we be would would you have submitted that question? Would we remember it in that way? I I happen to think Battlefield 2042 has already had a, a significant amount of commercial success just from the pre-orders and the Steam sales alone. I think it's already it's already set up to be very very good. It was a BR that was paid. I think multiplayer only games are a waste of money. Really? I mean, I guess as a consumer, that's just how you that's how you speak with your wallet, right? You're like, I'm that's a waste of money. I'm not going to play that multiplayer only game. I'm not going to buy that, right? Black Ops Four, I think, suffered from both no campaign and it was a crappy title, right? Well, and I think that's a good point to make. 
Like, if 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 Battlefield 2042 is going to be successful, it's, it's got to be a five-star game. It's got to be a top-shelf, high-rated game where people are going to say, this is trash, and I can't even go play a campaign. You can't call a game a fail uh, if they made 100-plus in profits. Right, I mean, at this point, did, did they... 100 million in profits. Oh, so you're saying did Black Ops 4 actually was it a commercial success and yet the community rejected it I, that'd be the question was it an initial commercial success that they had massive player fallout would be that would be the better question would be the better question because if battlefield wants to be successful boy oh boy they, they can't just have a lot of sales at the beginning they're building a game that's supposed to be ongoing which is better multiplayer I play for thousands of hours or a campaign you only play for 60 hours there is literally no way a Battlefield campaign would be a 60-hour campaign. Gee, Christmas. That's not, that's not, you're talking about an Assassin's Creed. Or is that the comparison you're asking? Because a 60-hour campaign, my goodness, that's, a, that's an Assassin's Creed game. A completionist Assassin's Creed campaign. That's a lot of hours. Most campaigns don't make it past 20. Most. You're landing in the teens, you know? 15 to 20 hours and you're done. It's really, really hard for games like, you know, Call of Duty, Borderlands, a lot of shooters in general. Man, it's hard for them to build a campaign that lasts more than 15 to 20 hours. I enjoyed Black Ops 4. Personally, I enjoyed the different classes. They were OP and they needed a dress, though. Yeah, I don't think I ever touched it. Russell says, multiplayer to me has a perception of being temporary with servers and such. So I don't enjoy paying for it versus a single player game. Right. It's harder to imagine taking it with you when it's on servers. It's not it's not yours, right? It's not. Unless it's D2, it takes two hours. <laughs> I think they're comparing a single-player-only game to a multiplayer-only game in terms of value. I think up front, says King K, says the co-op campaign for Halo is important. However, I think Forge has been a huge staple for the community content in Halo, Halo, and that experience needs to be there. Personally, if I had to choose, I would choose the one-time campaign over the multiplayer. Oh, I would too, because I'm in a very different place now with gaming. There was a time where I just didn't care about single-player games. I didn't play them. I didn't care about them. Their trailers didn't excite me. All that mattered to me was multiplayer. It's all that mattered to me. Got an order from Sven. Thanks for ordering a bag of dark roast, Sven. You the best. Um, actually, you just show up now in the cutscene, then it's over. <laughs> uh, um, I'm gonna delete that from chat. What? I I don't know who you are, but I'm not gonna. Why would I? I'm not gonna comment on global something that is globally and political. Like what on earth? Where do you think you are? Um, as a person who played games since Call of Duty 4 I hate the fact that single player has died compared to back when multiplayer is not as good as single player I'm gonna say something that is, is, is probably gonna get a lot of disagreement but I think single player shooter games are boring and here's why I think they are incredibly hard to innovate on. 
they're so hard to innovate on how many call of duty campaigns can you play how many how many halo i'm saying it how many halo campaigns can you play and it's just like dude what i did this is i've played this before right the reason he never played a good one <laughs> what no i've i've played them all I have been playing single-player shooters. You were probably in diapers, right? You were probably in diapers when I played the king and the grandfather of single-player first-person shooters, Wolfenstein 3D. I've been playing them since they became a, a, a genre. I just, I don't know. I get bored in them now. I've played them for literal decades, you know? They're difficult to innovate on, but I think the players are resistant also to shooter change. Oh, see, that's where I was going next. That's where I was going next. One of the biggest challenges with shooters, with 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 respect to innovation, right, is when they try to innovate too much makes it feel unfamiliar. Okay, I'm 26. I was in a pull up. Oh, I've got 14 years on you. Come on. It's so difficult because if they innovate too much, then people are like, well, this is, I don't like this. And if they don't innovate enough, people are like, well, I've played this before. Case in point, the difference between Gears 4 and what? what's the newest one? Gears 5. Gears 4, I got, what, three, maybe four hours into the game. And I was like, I have played this game before. Right? I've played this game before and the, the, and then I put it down then. And then I went and played the newest one. Okay. Then I went and played the newest one and it was like, Hey, this is new. This is fresh. And a lot of people defended or I'm sorry, not defended that a lot of people defended and a lot of people criticized the various, uh, aspects of of like oh they tried to innovate they tried to do this open world thing in gears a lot of people didn't like it right a lot of people didn't like it so that's exactly what happens with these with these shooters is they try to innovate and then people end up criticizing it and they're like well this isn't I don't like this this isn't any good this isn't this isn't the game that I fell in love with and then you you and then if they don't innovate people are like well it's the same old same old i mean that was the experience i had with gears i literally put down gears 4 i was like i have played this game before i have sat in cover and slowly killed the locusts and i'm just not going to do it anymore and then they innovate in gears 5 and they got a lot of complaints about it there were people that did not like it if you're tuning in and you want to vote on our poll be sure to vote what do you think is the most important aspect or what is most important for Halo Infinite? Is it the co-op campaign or Forge mode? For those of you that don't know, it, it, they're both absent from the launch version of Halo Infinite and will be added later. So I just, I don't know. I think shooters are in a really, really tough spot in general. I think it's really, really hard to innovate on a shooter and make it feel good and make it feel fun. 
Gears died after three when Epic left. Halo's on light support, life support after Bungie. See the trend? Microsoft have never made a game IP better when they took control of it. I feel like there's got to be, right? I feel like there's got to be. Uh, there's somebody. There's somebody that, that, that we can use as a as a reason for like, no, nah, they have, they've taken, they've taken. They've they've taken they've taken something and done good with it, right? <clears throat> Epic did the first one. I voted for Forge mode only because those modes can give a game years more playability. Well, but they can add it later. I should have probably phrased the question more specifically. Rare? What's Rare come out with since the Microsoft relationship? What if, what's Rare done? They did the, um, they did Rare Replay. Have they, done, have they done anything since Rare Replay? This is something that Eugene's gotten on before. Like, Microsoft grabs a, a studio, and then the studio doesn't do anything. For years. They just friggin' sit there. Or what they do is bad. <laughs> sea of Thieves. Oh, that's right. I always forget Sea of Thieves is a rare game. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. All right. So Sea, so sea of Thieves, you know, I, I, Sea of Thieves is pretty successful. You know, it's. I think it's done really well. Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah, I mean, there's the Microsoft Flight Simulator. A bunch of the Kinetic games sold really well. Did they? The you talking about the Connect, the Xbox Connect? I don't. That was so. <laughs> that was such a flash in the pan. That was such a flash in the pan, man. I don't know. Rare did Banjo Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts, Titanfall Two, and Doom Twenty Sixteen are awesome recent shooter campaigns. But I get your point, right, Mike? It's hard, isn't it, though? You, you you have to search for examples of modern shooters that have come out and really kind of wowed everybody. And Titanfall 2, poor thing, it kind of got, it, I mean, it got massively underrepresented and undersold because of when they launched it. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying it's extremely hard, right? It's tough doesn't mean it's not possible it's tough to do a lot of things it's tough to climb to the top of mount everest doesn't mean it's not possible just means it's really really freaking tough you have yet to connect your connect (laughs) i see what you did there i there was there was a game for the connect that like didn't it do something with where you're where you looked or something I swear there was one that was supposed to come out that was like gonna use your face or your head or something. I can't remember. Most of it was just like dancing games, right? And maybe like golf and there was a sword fighting game or something. You also have to remember most of these campaigns are being attracted to or, or attached to existing names and they change so much it does not feel like the same product. Right. Well, and that's part of the thing, right? You have a successful game. You make an amazing first-person shooter, and you have a successful game. Well, people are going to want another one. You know? Bioshock, Dishonored, you know, these are franchises that came in, 
probably had what most would be considered to be a successful launch and then after their success they expected to be do they're expected to do another one and i think it's getting harder and harder to iterate on existing franchise shooters really really hard ghost recon for example yeah yeah necromunda hired gun was interesting I thought that game was so trash. I just could not believe how trash that game was. I I couldn't believe how bad it was. You know? I could not believe how bad it was. Is the co-op campaign just the couch co-op, or does it not include online co-op as well? You will not be able to play co-op at all when the game launches, Mac. It will not be available. Whether you want to do local co-op or online co-op, it's just not possible. It's coming in a later season, and that's why folks are irritated. If you could do online co-op, you could figure it out, right? You could have one person on a PC, you could have another person on, uh, you know, a console or two, right? You could have two consoles. You could have, you know what I'm saying? They're not doing, you, you, you they're not either, right? They're not doing either. Um... Uh, so I would think I would think that if you're if you're looking to play Halo co-op and you can't play Halo co-op like day one that that for many people is like a the, the question is you're, you're facing with you're being faced with the question number one do you even bother playing number two if you do do you go back later i think it's just a really really hard sell and let's imagine for a second that it's only like 10 percent of the community that's still a lot of people 10 percent of the people that were planning on playing and diving in to halo infinite that's a lot of folks you know there's a lot of folks a lot of people would are, are gonna feel like dude there's literally no friggin' way there's there's no there's no there's at there's no way I'm 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 diving in. Ten percent of Halo, you know, community that was gonna dive in day one being like, I don't wanna play now, that that's a decent chunk of folks. But they're gonna feel like they almost have to, because they're gonna wanna find out the story on their own. They're gonna wanna experience the story on their own and not have to worry about spoilers. I don't even know why. I don't know why they're even releasing this right now. What's the rush? They've been trying to rush this game for a while now. At this point in time, at this point in time, this is what I think is going on. That's a good question. What's the rush? Number one, their brand new title launched without a flagship, right? Launched without a flagship. Number two, they know that the holiday of 2021 is an open runway. No, the, the, the industry insiders have indicated that Horizon Forbidden West is, uh, is delayed. So because of that, the, I think both 343 and Microsoft are looking at the holiday season and saying, we can be the number one game in gaming. We can be the most popular game. There's nothing else. Goodness gracious, even Destiny isn't going to be on the on the on the landscape this holiday season because they pushed all their stuff back. You talk about an open runway. There's nothing. There's nothing. They'll be the number one game. 
they'll be the most played game you know at least for a week maybe now when I say number one game I don't mean like they're gonna have you know the the, the most players or whatever they're not gonna outpace some of these BRs like you know, Call of Duty with its 9 million or whatever. They're going to have Call of Duty to contend with, by the way. Call of Duty Vanguard lands on November the 5th. That's really the only thing on the table that's going to pull from them at all. Microsoft is not worried about money. Well, I, I don't think it's like, a oh, we need money. I don't think it's, a, oh, we, 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 uh, we need money. We need to do this now. I think it's, this is maximum, right? This is maximum impact I'm glad Horizon's being delayed I still need to finish the first one part of me was hoping that if they delay Horizon Forbidden West that they would push out an update for the first one on PS5 I would love to play the first one right I, I would love to play the first one on my PS5 with an update I think it'd be amazing just to experience that update. And I, I was kind of expecting that, right? I was kind of expecting this, I, this hey, we, we, you know, Forbidden West had to get delayed. We're going to do this nice thing for the first game. You know what I mean? Open runway to crash and burn. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing, Malware. Like, it, it can. It can 100% turn into that. Do you feel the lack of holiday... Destiny sales may be hurt considering, like you said, they won't even be a contender, and this is a super long season coming up. I was very surprised by how good Horizon was. I just played it for the first time. Oh, it's so good. So good. Especially if you get all the way to the ending, because there's some great characters in it. Ashen, I think... this It's one of those things where... I used to say this to trolls, right? I used to say this to trolls. I'd be like, I win no matter what. I win no matter what. If I provoke a troll in doing, in continuing to engage with my content, number one, I get their engagement. Number two, they waste their time. I, I get them to waste their day. You know, I get them to waste their time. Or I, I, I incentivize them to leave me alone. I win either way. I think Destiny wins either way. I do. I mean, I, I, I 100% mean this. I think when they make you wait a really, really long time and a season just stretches and stretches and stretches, I think it's going to push people to get more excited and to dive in greater numbers and to buy in good... And I think their sales of Witch Queen will be very, very good. If there's one thing they know how to do, it's they know how to market their products. They're experts in marketing. The, the runway leading up to Witch Queen, I mean, already today, they're trending on Twitter because they tweeted out a little trailer, you know? Everyone's losing their minds, right? They know, they, know exactly, they know exactly how to do that, 100%, no doubt. They know, they know how to get people excited about their game. So, I don't think they lose here. They can strike while the iron's hot during a holiday season and do great. They can make people wait and wait and wait and wait, and then when it finally lands, everyone's going to go nuts. Be like, "Oh, it's finally here!" And then two weeks into the expansion, I'm I, I anticipate a lot of the same complaints. <laughs> You'll get two weeks in. There'll be complaints about. I mean, you guys want to make a bingo card? There'll be complaints about reskinned, recycled weapons, reskinned, recycled missions, uh, reskinned, recycled areas. 
there'll be complaints about you know who knows what the campaign was too short I mean all of it I mean you just make a bingo card and you'll get two weeks in you'll get two weeks in and everybody will be saying the same stuff but they can't lose they're one of those they're one of those companies that their product is just in that position like they can't lose if they make you wait for it you get you you're all the, you're all the more hungrier for it if they do it at the right time of the year you know holiday season or whatever and they, they would do it would do just fine so I, I don't know that that's one of the reasons why when they outlined their plan long term, when they outlined their plan long term for like expanding and another studio, there was a part of me that felt like job security. I'm not kidding you. I felt job security. I was like, oh man, like they can fart and everyone gets excited. Like right now, if I had a thumbnail and we were breaking down and watching that stupid little 30 second trailer of Witch Queen, we'd have triple the viewership and everybody would be going nuts and everybody would be debating about like well I'm bored I quit I don't play anymore they ignore PvP we'd be having all the same arguments and everybody would it would be like electric everybody be oh my gosh like there was a sense of job security like I knew I was like oh I can talk about this game for the next five years and rebuild right why because it's just one of those games, man. This is one of those games. They they can't they seemingly can't fail. It's it's insane, but it 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 definitely seems like they literally cannot they cannot fail. Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut is game of the year, even though it came out last year. I don't think it can be in the running, can it? I don't know if you can I don't know if Ghost of Tsushima director's cut could compete for game of the year. I don't think it would get I don't think it would get a um I don't think it would get a uh what's it called when it um what in the frick's it called when they put it on the thing? It wouldn't get the nod, I guess would be the expression that I would use. It can? No, I don't think it can. That's why they release it as a standalone. I understand they release it as a standalone, but they would not be, they would not be, uh, it wouldn't be game of the year because 80% of the game, um, uh, this is an exclusive non-public preview access for selected media. There is no embargo. Feel free to publish all of your materials whenever you feel like it for bum simulator releasing on the 26th. Oh, we've got to do a 30 minute of that. Oh my gosh. We 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 have to do a 30 minute of bum simulator. That's uh that's too good. Splitgate story mode tease, what are you talking about? That's not true. How do you know it's not true if you're asking the question? Nominated, that's the word. My gosh. I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, I don't think you can get nominated as a, as a, as the director's cut. You can't buy the normal version now. I like I understand the logic that you're applying, creature, but I don't think the board of the VGA is going to nominate a director's cut. I don't think they're going to, because eighty percent of what the, what what's contained in it is a is an old game, 
Like, come on, 80% of the Ghost of Tsushima director's cut is pre-existing content. So I, I can't see that being nominated. I, I can't. Now, would I love for that to happen? Yeah. Would it get... Would it probably lose to Ratchet and Clank? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it would probably lose to Ratchet and Clank anyway, so it would be another... It would be another heartbreaker, you know? It would be another heartbreaker. Uh, Eugene's got a snapshot. The Game Awards recognizes that many games are ongoing services that evolve over time with new content features and improvements. Games released in previous years are eligible in all award categories so long as the jury feels their inclusion is merited due to the new content improvements or service updates. In addition, the best ongoing game category specifically recognizes titles that continue to provide value. So, they give themselves the ability to nominate something I just don't think that they would. So, the Video Game Awards 100% has a clause that like, yeah, if we feel it, it's merited, we would we would throw it in the running for Game of the Year if they feel it's merited. Uh, they may feel it's merited because there's nothing else, you know? There's not that many games this year that are going to get nominated. There's Returnal, there's Ratchet and Clank, and uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, a couple others maybe? I don't even know. Did Immortals Phoenix Rising come out this year? I don't think it did. There's not very many games that are even in the running. So it may get nominated purely for the fact that there's not a lot to nominate. <laughs> it's it's a pretty empty year, you know. It may get up it may get nominated for best ongoing game, you know, if they, if 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 the board considers or classifies it as an ongoing game. <laughs> Um, that's regarding games as a service, but I bet the rationale still applies. Okay. Had Ghost pushed games this year enough to warrant? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. Right now, game of the year is Ratchet and Clank's to lose. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Ratchet and Clank are, I have, I don't think anybody has a chance in unseating it. I don't think Halo will, Halo might get nominated, but I don't think Halo stands a chance to unseat it. It's going to be missing too much when it launches. In as far as the community is concerned, you know, it's going to be missing too much. It's a game that a DLC relax, huh? Death's Door, yeah, Death's Door might get nominated. It might get. Well, it'll obviously probably win Indie Game of the Year. I bet. Um. I think any games that come out after October are eligible for nomination the following year. Yeah, when did Immortals Phoenix Rising come out then? Because it might... It, 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 I bet you it gets a nod. Um, Rising... When was the release? Yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising released October of last year. So I bet you Immortals gets, gets a nomination. I don't think it stands a chance of winning, but I bet you it gets a nomination. It was a really good game. Right? It was a really, really good game. Death Trash for Indie of the Year. Dude, Death Trash is getting so much praise. So much praise. I don't understand it. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I just didn't get the content or the combat loop at all. It made no sense to me. It was so, 
so frustrating. It did not. It did not seem like it was designed very well. Um, hey, we got an order of coffee from Magorn McGoogle. Ordering one bag of light roast and two of the dark roast. So many coffee sales today. Yo, what's good, Brody? Uh, been a while dropping into work and lurk sessions since I get to sit in the office today. All oh, thanks for being here, Brody. I appreciate it. Ratchet and Clank will win game of the year because it ratcheted faster and clanked harder than all other games. <laughs> Whose awards are we talking? Keeley's or just the consensus? Because aren't there like four? Yeah, I mean, the VGAs are the biggest one, right? The biggest one. Death Trash feels like playing Fallout as a kid. It's one of the best indies in a long time. How do you how do you not face tank every fight, Wheezy? I didn't I didn't understand. I couldn't get away from the damage. Everybody got so much free damage on me. I it didn't it didn't make any sense. I loved the art style. I loved how mysterious it was. It seemed like a really really cool game. And then every time I would get in a fight, I'm like, I don't understand. Did I, am I missing an ability or something? Uh, like no iframes. Like oh, you have to go in stealth or whatever. Dodge. Yeah, but dodging offered no maybe a millisecond of iframes, and they would shoot me and track me perfectly even while dodging. It didn't make any sense to me at all. We did a couple of tests. I ran in the room. I was dodging. They were shooting me through the walls. I just, I truly did not understand how anybody found it appealing. I found it so like it felt like a super old Nintendo game. That's just like yeah, that's just how it goes. It's just really hard. It did. I don't know. It just did not feel like. It's like it's like I had similar thoughts with Axiom Verge two. I'm like you're just basically making an old Nintendo game. You know, like it doesn't it doesn't feel like a it doesn't it doesn't feel like a modern game. You know, always great conversations here. Thank you. Psychonauts is getting a ton of pre-launch positivity, hoping it's as good as the hot takes. I, you know, we're going to play it, but I, I told creature, I was like, I don't have any nostalgic attachment to it. And I think it looks so bad. Is demon souls eligible for game of the year? They said in, in, in like in their, in their like frequently asked questions, they said that certain games, if they feel like it deserves it and warrants it, They'll, uh, they'll, the, it can be nominated even if it's been severely updated or whatever. 100%. Yeah. So, if, if the Demon Souls remake in their mind is enough of a significant sort of like redux or whatever, then yeah, they'll, they'll nominate it. We haven't seen Kina yet. Like a Pixar level of animation, Zelda type game is going to go far. Yeah, I think Kina will probably win some awards if it actually launches in this year. But um, I also think that uh, I also think that the, the, the challenge with Kina is going to be is is it's going to be um, Ratchet and Clank. That's going to be the challenge for Kina Bridge of Spirits. Is uh, is Ratchet and Clank? Ratchet and Clank is just—I mean, it's it's almost insurmountable uh, as a as a game. It's so so big. I mean, it it was it was it was such a monumental success that they went you know that they pulled off. I I just I don't I don't think that 
I don't know. I don't know if anybody can can surpass it for game of the year. You know, <clears throat> what's good, Nightshade? Uh, it looks good to me. The art direction may not be to your liking, but it's miles ahead of what it looked like. So, Skyrim Anniversary will be nominated. Well, no, they give themselves on the 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 snippet that that Eugene found. The video game awards give themselves the ability to nominate something if they feel it's merited so with with Skyrim I don't think that they would think that it's merited but they might look at the Demon Souls remake and be like this is an absolute triumph this should get a nomination this is super this is amazing you know what I mean And, and and there's other categories that Demon Souls remake could land in it could land in art direction it could land in I don't even know. I don't even know what other categories you might want to put it in, but they give themselves that ability because they might be like, "Dude, I th- this is just such this is just such an impressive remake. We're uh, we're 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 nominating it." Yeah. So, ouch. Just downloaded Neon Abyss. Hope it's good. I feel like I saw that. That was listed as a, as a launching game. Was that today? I cannot remember when that was supposed to launch. I know that name. I know that title though. Um. Uh. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow's Aliens Fireteam Elite. So we're gonna definitely have to play that. And then, yeah, Wednesday is Psychonauts two. So we are not gonna be able to do Rewind Wednesday. Both of those are gonna get bumped. Um, Bum Simulator is Thursday. I might just do that as a thirty since I got a code. Um, and we'll throw that up. And then I forget. I don't think there's anything Friday. There's a foot massage game coming out on uh, on Friday on Steam. It's literally called Foot Massage. And that's that's what you that's not I'm not kidding you. It's not even it's not even like an X-rated game. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You just rubbing feet. Uh, Demon Souls to me is the gold standard for remaking a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neon Abyss is fun. I know, I know that name, Neon Abyss, for some reason. I I know that name for for some reason. No, I've seen everything. Oh, I, no, you haven't. <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> if you check that Steam database app, dude, I don't know. Psychonauts Embargo lived it a couple hours ago, broadly getting nines. Nice. Lona, would you be playing Aliens tomorrow solo? Maybe on Friday with buddies? According to Skill Up, the experience changes a lot. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. That's always going to be a challenge with games like that. Like, I don't necessarily know what the call is. Usually, it's easier to just go in and matchmake. Like, when I recorded my footage of, of um, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, I just threw myself into matchmaking, right? Just grab, grab people randomly and just play. And I just turn off voice comms. Um, I think for a couple-hour showcase of Aliens Fireteam, that's all I'll need. Um... And then I suppose Hilly and I could try it on Friday night just to see. Um, it's going to get tough, though. I, it, the, the worry the worry I have with Friday nights is that it's so hard to find games that, that we can take 
lightheartedly, right? Like Ghost of Tsushima. It it was like lighthearted for like maybe 20 minutes and then all of a sudden it was not lighthearted at all. <laughs> it was extreme. It was super serious. Not easy. Um So, yeah. It it is uh you have a viewer named Neon Soul. Oh, maybe that's why I recognize it. Now, we had fun with it. We definitely had fun on Friday night with Ghost of Tsushima. But man, so many games quickly turn into like, oh, this is serious. This is intense. And Aliens Fireteam could be hilarious or it could quickly turn, you know, it quickly could turn super serious and sweaty. You know, it's tough. It's a tough call. Um, we were playing, you know, we were playing Splitgate and I, I would say um, that that was... Come on, chair, get in the sweet spot. There it is. I would say Splitgate was fun. We had a fun time with it, but you know, it was it was also like late and we were grumpy and we, you know, it, it's it Splitgate can be really really fun, but it can also be one of those games where you just get in a rut and it's it just can be really irritating. You know, Art of Rally might be good for y'all. Oh, that's like a like a rally car racing game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked it looked decent. Yeah, that one looked decent. Um, um, we've met a lot of new people today if you're new uh, be sure to hit subscribe be sure to hit uh, the bell button if you're enjoying the content we want to earn your sub it's basically video game radio Monday through Friday uh, and it's uh, it's an enjoyable time with lots of discussion and back and forth if we can get 40 more likes we'll roll over to 400 if you uh if you want to also put your question up on the screen, you just got to be a member for that. Consider clicking the join button or using the join command. If you want to upgrade to tier two, you can do that as well. And that enables you to take part in video game voting. I don't know what happened, but every streamer I watch is now so political. It's nice to actually go somewhere and actually talk about video games. Yeah, I, I've, I've noticed that as well. It's weird that like so many people who used to not talk about those things at all and now it's sort of like yeah this is a part of their brand this is a part of their footprint it is it's interesting um i'm not sure if uh if it's if it's uh i don't know it's weird i would want to i it'd be that that would be uh an interesting that would be an interesting study an interesting study would be why is this trend happening in content creators? You know what I mean? Why do they feel like that's suddenly a landscape they should be commentating on? (laughs) I don't know. Um, What's crazy to me is that 343 said way back before the game was delayed uh, a year that Forge and Co-op was scheduled to release with the game. I can't find the article, but that's crazy. They, They said it would be coming with the game? Hmm. Uh... Matt submitted a question. Uh, uh, the kiddo and I love playing Jackbox with you all. I agree weekly is too much, but quarterly. Here's something that I was thinking about, right? This is my Oasis thank you. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, 
this is something we've been thinking about is like we could go back and do some of those features like uh like jackbox and stuff and then hilly is 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 also playing but also kind of co-hosting and so the humor would still be there and it'd still be me and him drinking and laughing and then we could you know once a month do something like that like a community game night where hilly's hosting the show with me you know what i mean um so we're, we were considering that. I know a lot of people enjoyed that. I know it was fun. Um, and then that would be another reason to be a tier two. Hey, once a month, if you guys show up, we're doing something together and you just got to go into the VIP room um, to, to, to find out what the code is or what the game, what, what the private game is or whatever. Like if Fall Guys, if and when Fall Guys lands on the Nintendo Switch and the Xbox and if it's completely cross-play, that would be, oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Now, you can't play duos or anything right now. We went and looked at it. Me and Creature looked at it. So you couldn't, like, throw me and Hilly on a duo and, like, try and have everybody trying to beat us. Like, that would be hysterical. Um, So it would just be, you know, everybody, every man for himself. But again, it could be pretty fun to do shoutcasting and commentary and have him, you know, playing along. It'd be nice if you could co-op Dark Souls without invaders but you get stream sniped hard. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would. We were wanting to play that Ashen game. Ashen is basically like a co-op Souls game. Um, and I think you can play that together without having people join, I think. That would make me go to tier 2, TBH. We're already thinking through how we want to use Friday nights. Um, we all, We want to use Friday nights for the uh for like halo infinite battlefield 2042 stuff like that um do online uno with hilly <laughs> or uh, or creature over here real money yeah 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 <laughs> honestly i think lono could be great at discussing things like like real life like politics and stuff i believe lono is the most level-headed person that runs a talk show style stream that could host those discussions yeah, it's just really, really difficult. You'd have to literally build an entire channel for that. Um, oh man, I would love it. Holy crap, that'd be fun. But the problem is, is it just YouTube's real, real. It's so hard to cover that kind of stuff. Now, my the, the personal channel that we're considering uh, launching, we would get into like philosophical, religious belief debates I think that is a little bit safer funny enough I think that's safer on YouTube the minute you wander into the political realm so much of those things get like flagged and sequestered and you know I don't know it's just I don't know creature says you believe that because you're on his side of the fence the other half of the room would bolt I think you're, I don't know, I think you're presuming that Sven and Paul are on my side of the fence. I don't think they really know what I believe. I mean, you do. You do, creature. Like, we've, we've had some conversations on the phone about where I land on the spectrum. You can't really put me in a category. That's what was so funny when, uh, when people were talking about me on Twitter in a, in a mean way, and they were classifying me as, like, right wing or something. I was like, you don't know me if you think that. You can't really put me in a category. You know, you wouldn't be able to put me in either of those, red or blue. Wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's what I think that's what would be interesting about the discussion would be like so many people make presumptions and assumption about um like where someone is along that sort of thing. Like 
voting and law and politics. People are like, well, then you're this color. You're red or you're blue or whatever. Um, I'm in the don't be a moron party. Our neighbors put up a sign that was like, you know, before the election. And it was like a fully functioning adult. (laughs) I thought it was funny. I thought it was pretty funny. People thought it was our sign. I don't know why it wasn't in our yard. People were like, we love your sign. I'm like, it's not our sign. It's in their yard. Uh, But it was pretty funny. So, Lono annoys people all along the spectrum with equal skill. Yeah, no, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll blow holes in. I'll blow holes in both sides. I'll make both sides dislike me. What was it that Jay Jay Leno said that on uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? He said, um, he said both sides uh, want you to choose a side, and if you don't, then they both hate you. Like I thought it was a really interesting observation. Like just on sort of how dichotomous uh, and uh, and tribalistic it's become that you've you you pick a side and if you don't then both sides hate you <laughs> you're either a red or a blue and you're like I'm kind of a purple I guess and they're like we both hate you <laughs> we both hate you it's like oh well shoot oh man and the true art is annoying everybody that's right that's right yeah, that's the way that it is right now, though. You know, that's the way that it is, which is why I find it funny that content creators start to delve into that. I do. I find it funny because they're basically making it really, really hard for people to support them. Do you understand? Like, if I came out right now and said, and I, I, I don't believe this, but if I was like, I am a staunch red, people would be like, Oh my gosh. Well, I can't support you now. It, it, almost instant, instantly people would feel that way. I'm not. I'm not that. If I came out and said that, though, that's what people would feel. You know? Lono's a centrist dad. That's right. I'm centrist dad. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I always say the gray side is really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's crazy they do it because it's divisive. Right. Do you want to know why they do it? I'm going to, oh my gosh, this is such such an interesting thing to, to, to think about. They do it, they do it because they're addicted to engagement, right? They're addicted to engagement and it gets engagement. Does that make sense? Like, like anything... It gets a short-term gain, and yet it suffers long-term losses. Because everybody that supports that person is not a law. You you honestly think? Do you honestly think you're that appealing? Do you think you're that entertaining that you're going to appeal to people so strongly all across the spectrum? That they're gonna look over your your nasty snarky tweets? No, no. And and the other idea being, I guess you only want to be supported by people like that, right? <laughs> they're addicted to engagement, so they they do it at the loss. They do it at the loss of support. You know, like. Oh, Kit Boga started doing it? See, that's really surprising to me because he's an innovator. He's brilliant, and I don't know why you would do that. I don't know why you would do that. 
it would be like, okay, so imagine watching when I was growing up, right? When I was growing up and, uh, you know, I would be watching uh, football or one of my favorite shows growing up was Boy Meets World because Topanga, like, right? So as a young, as a young boy, loved Boy Meets World and I loved watching football on Sundays with my dad. Now, as a source of entertainment, it would have been really, really weird if suddenly Corey looked at the camera and was like, hey, you should really care about and vote for all these things here, all these issues, right? I'd be like, what the frick is happening? Football, same deal. To the 20, to the 25, down on the five-yard line. Coming up next, they're going to have a big first down. And then... And, and, and then... <laughs> And then all of a sudden he's like, by the way, before we go to commercial break, I just want to officially endorse. And then they go off on a political tirade. You'd be like, what the frick is happening? Right? Your entertainment. Your entertainment starts to derive. I'm sorry. Suddenly starts to get hijacked by those, by those things. So it's interesting to me, people in the entertainment business suddenly dealing in what is basically just click farming and while they're click farming they don't actually realize they're losing support right they're losing support that's really what they do though sports commentators are starting to do that i've not i've not well i okay i don't i don't pay attention to sports now bada so i've not, i don't know if that's actually happening um I get it if you create a space where that's the main topic, but if you're advertising a video game or a live stream and it's just a political discussion, it's off-putting. Right, right. Well, and here's the thing. This gets really, really busy, okay? Because at one, at one level, there, at one level, you have the, the, the strategic business mindset of, well, this is going to get clicks, Right. And what they don't understand is it's self-defeating. You're you're turning you're turning people off. Okay, so it's operating at that level of like, oh, it gets clicks. They're addicted to the clicks. They're addicted to the likes. I'm speaking from experience, by the way. It's it's really nice when you're getting lots of clicks and likes. Like it feels good. It does. It feels good. It feels affirming. People like to be affirmed. At another level, at a psychological level, I think insecure people tend to be the most sort of um they tend to be the most tribalistic because that gives them a sense of security their insecurity they try to balance that insecurity by creating this sense of this is true you are wrong you are stupid if you don't think the way that I think and you better be a part of my club right Like, I feed off of debate and love discussing and debating things with people. Why? Because it's fun. It's like sparring, right? The difference between sparring with somebody in, you know, like your local boxing match, that's like, oh man, I really enjoy the fight. I enjoy a good debate. I enjoy a good sparring partner. This is more like, 
it's almost like bullying. It's like, well, an insecure person bullies. Why? Because it gives them a sense of power and security to flex their strength over somebody that they're bigger than and stronger than. So a lot of this, I think, is driven by insecurity. I think a lot of these people are insecure, and it gives them a sense of security to go off on tirades and to rant and rave and to send the tweets and to do the streams. I do. I think at a psychological level, it is very, very, there's a propensity there's a propensity, I think, in insecure people to do this sort of thing, to to um, to talk to talk in these ways and to and to and to deal in this type of uh, content, right? Um, I see so much things lining up with last summer, and the thing is, my psychology friends can back this up. It's like basic stuff, right? 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 Um. <clears throat> This guy mentioned you recently. He directed God of War on PS2 and is now on YouTube. He When did he mention me? Uh, did, if he mentioned me on Twitter, I didn't see it. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure you're telling the truth because I would have I would have heard that. People would have. Usually, if somebody makes a YouTube video or a comment or a tweet, I'm gonna hear about it almost instantly. Somebody's gonna go to go to my Discord and be like, "Hey, this guy made this video." Or there was a guy who made a short like months ago and mentioned me in passing and like a bunch of people told me about it so I, I think I feel like you're making stuff up um, people like that tend to be really dangerous individuals for groups of individuals and relationships right uh, Shakuzala says I think there's a difference between overtly saying things and just standing up for something sometimes things need to be told and the best way to tell it is to show to the biggest venues right 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 and see this is where it gets oh man this gets so complex this gets so difficult right where a really important issue comes up and i'm like man this is super important but what happens right if something is really important the political sphere grabs onto it and leverages it for talking points and they lay groundwork for re-election, basically, right? Like, this is how it works. Man, this issue is really important. This would be this is such a good thing to talk about and discuss and and try to grow in our knowledge and understanding of, of whatever is happening right now. This is so important. And then the politicians are like, Ooh, the culture's having a discussion. The culture's having a moment. And they latch onto it. Now, I can't talk about it. Why? Because they've infected it with that, with that, they hijack it, right? It, it's it's like it's like cultural dialogue hijacking. It happens constantly now. So if you want to talk about something that's really important to you, and you think, man, this is just such an important issue, it is immediately political, and you're like, but why? It is immediately. That's the, that's the struggle right now is to talk about anything important you feel like you're stepping onto a minefield you're like well I'm going to upset this group or that group I'm going to upset these people why? because it's already been hijacked why? well it makes for great talking points makes for great little ads and little tweets and it gets your people to support you and it's it happens all the time People do it under the idea that uh, they're in it for the, the cause, not the money, and that the cause is worth more than the potential lost revenue. Oh, no, I don't think so a lot of the times, Gilly. I don't think so. No. I think the hardest part is that opinions and facts 
get equal screen time. Even from your situation last summer, it's very hard for the truth to be heard over the torrent of misinformation. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, that that is, yeah. Yeah, if you, you speak strongly enough on a given subject, people will just assume that you, you, you're, you're, telling, you're telling the truth, you know what I mean? Mm-mm. We're trying to get this thing going where I live and people are making it into a this side versus this side issue. Yeah. Yep. That's what it, that's exactly what it always turns into and so that's why I just end up not talking about this kind of stuff cuz I'm like, man, this would be a great conversation, but that's what it turns into. It just immediately turns into everybody's like, "Whoa, whoa, why is he talking about this? Like, whoa, this is really tense." And it's like it should it it shouldn't it shouldn't be, but it is. Part of the issue is that we let uh we let an entire party take control for 4 years originally the one that they won and the loser become vice. Oh my gosh. How did I not know that? Is that true? Is that how it used to work? Is there any way to not see the spam notification to be subscribed to text even though I'm a subscriber? What are you talking about? Is there any way to not see the spam notification to be subscribed to text? What is that? Just pop that up in the chat box when you first get here. <clears throat> I made a Michigan Ohio State joke at my sister's wedding since his family's from Ohio. I heard a few people were actually put off. <laughs> I it's it has it's it happens. It happens, Zubair. Yeah, yeah, man. Ohio, Michigan. That is a real that is a real rivalry right then. You know. I watch streams for entertainment. I don't care about the streamer's stance on issues. And as soon as they try to preach on that stuff or sell me a bunch of stuff, I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The text is annoying. Wait, is it seriously that bad in the chat? We, I, I only see it... When I first come to the stream, it's like at the top. It says, you know, you need to be subscribed or whatever. Is it different on mobile? It's not a pop-up on desktop. It just says it in the body of the text. Like, oh, you gotta be subscribed. And then it just gets shoved out as people start talking. Hmm? Yeah. <clears throat> I didn't know that it, it uh, is there any way to not see the sp- it's a spam notification Sven just showed it to me subscriber only mode that appear are from people who are subscribed to this channel how often is that in the box on the computer it persists it just pops up and then it goes away it's stuck at the bottom of the text feed and I'm on PC the frick why that's not how it's supposed to work you're talking about the poll no that's got to be a glitch that's a bug that's not supposed to do that it shouldn't be always in the chat box yeah it shows up initially and then it goes away once chat pushes it up that's how it's supposed to work it's just is there to let you know hey if you want to talk you got to be subscribed and then it just it's moving up the feed now yeah oh wait t-bone showing me when you send a message people will be able to see that you subscribe to this channel how often does that blue pop-up come up t-bone has like a blue pop-up speech bubble 
that sound that says when you send a message people will be able to see that you subscribe to this channel that blue pop-up is what he's talking about it's something completely separate when I go to type, a blue box pops up and says, when you send a message, people will be able to see that you subscribe to this channel. It puts it up for me all the time. Yeah, I don't know why it's doing that. It shouldn't... It, that should not be popping up every time. So Sven went to type. When you send a message, people will be able to see that you subscribe to this channel. Every time I refresh. It happens every time I close the app and come back. Huh... Um, um, kindly get your conversation here. Yeah. <laughs> I respond to the bots. They're like, we made a mistake. Could we, we'll fix it. Just click here. And you're like, get the frick out. Uh, hey, somebody ordered some coffee, a light roast bag to Silent Warrior. Thank you, Silent Warrior. You know what I hate about YouTube chat? Live chat versus top chat? I don't even know why top chat exists. I really hope they completely overhaul the entire thing in the coming in the coming weeks and months. The live stream experience and the live chat experience, it is just so weird. There are so many awkward things about it. I, I don't understand some of the decisions. I, I truly don't. I'm like, why does some of this stuff exist? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> why is there top chat? Why is there live chat? Why, why, why wouldn't there just be one chat? <laughs> you know? Did you already do the Halo talk? We basically just sort of talk about all of the subjects interchangeably throughout the stream. And then... When people submit a question, it pops up like this. Robert Jones says, Do the games you play with Hilly have to be relevant? No, not really. If something relevant happens, we obviously want to take advantage of that, but the turnout on Friday night for Ghost of Tsushima Legends proved to me that, you know, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just like, well, sometimes it's not worth it. Hey, Leno, want to take a quick look? Hope there's no bad blood. What are you? What are you talking about? That's probably is that Mike? That's probably not Mike. That's probably an imposter. <laughs> bad blood about what? It's so stupid. Yeah, I don't get why why they have why they have live chat and uh, and uh, and top chat. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, Mythrax says. Aren't we going to run into the same thing we ran into previously, which was just hoping for people to show up for fight nights? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, isn't 30 sub? I think 30's a member. Yeah, I don't think that's actually him. Um, uh, Because Mike would just send me a text message or a DM. He wouldn't come into chat and type that. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely not him. Uh, if... If we handled the the monthly community game night on, because uh, you guys do your own community game nights on Saturdays, but I think even they're having trouble getting people to show up because it's just really, really hard to rally everybody. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. But if for an entire month we had a room where everybody could vote on what we're gonna play, that might that might help. You know what I mean? That might help. 
you could you could go in and you could say hey you know go in and vote and then we would have a better idea of who's going to be there and then you have all month to kind of plan to be there on a Friday night you know um, YouTube has a way to go to make the live experience a great one I was on a really good call with YouTube and I feel that they are focusing on a lot of a lot of good things new studio loving it oh thank you were you not here last week and saw it we debuted it last week um <clears throat> People in my chat were saying they think we have some type of beef going on. Just wanted to make sure there's nothing on your side I don't know about. Nobody was saying that. Um. <clears throat> Nobody was saying that. If somebody could ping him, I don't think that's him. This guy's done this before. He's he's so desperate for attention and he doesn't get it. Like I noticed some people were like responding to this guy um uh on on Twitter and I was like I don't even see his tweets, man. Why don't reply to this guy? That's not 30. Okay. We'll uh, we'll do that. Isn't thirty a mod in here? I think he has modding privileges. I agree with creature that you should show more of the room and distance. But what I think doesn't matter. No, I think we're gonna use this scene. We'll use this scene here for for more stuff. I I like this scene. This is a good little scene, right? There's definitely a lot we can do over there, right? A lot we can do. I instinctively didn't push my hand as far. I'm used to running. I'm used to running out of green screen. Uh, yeah, I'm used to running out of green screen. I like instinctively thought, oh, I can't put my hand all the way out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do 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 do. Look at all the space. Yeah, Creature loves having all that space. Yeah. Have you considered putting up pictures of me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, th- we're thinking about putting the pictures of you bear over there, you know? Just really would bring the scene home. 30 says, I'm the real 30 and the other FU. Yeah, there it is. 30's got a red badge. 30's got a red badge. Yeah, 30. He came in. He was like, hey, I just <laughs> I just want to make sure there was no beef. I was like, I don't even think 30 talks that way. <laughs> he came in and was like, I just want to make sure there was no beef. Oh, that was good. That was good. Need to put a 75-inch TV there to show gameplay. Why would I show gameplay that way? Oh, you mean like when I'm covering like a news segment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> Why would I show gameplay over there? Like, I'm, I thought I was... <laughs> I was picturing me playing and like putting it on a TV for you. <laughs> Tier 6, get your picture on the back plate once a month. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks, Mo, for letting me know. Oh, oh, Mo let him know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've tried. He refuses to surrender the old TV. No, 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 no. I've not refused. It's just, it's nice having two TVs if my wife and I want to play. We were playing Borderlands and we were each on our own television. You know what I mean? What do you think of Splitgate? I actually really like Splitgate. Yeah. I actually, I actually really, really like, uh, like Splitgate. It's fun. I, um... I wish I had more time to play it because, you know, it's one of those games where it, you can definitely feel if you take a break from Splitgate, you can go, oh, you can freaking feel it. You know, there are other people who are playing all day and they crush, you know, my colorblindness is going wild with the lights, but I love the direction. Yeah, my kids were in here uh, yesterday and uh, they were playing with the colors and it's just all the other colors just do not look good, you know. Sorry, I've been around. Life schedules change. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I I get it, man. So many people, especially over the summer, all their their schedules changed. You know, some people were going back to work. Some people had shift changes. You know, it was. I mean, it's been a weird. It's been a really weird year. It's been such a false start for so many people too. It's like everything is returning to normal, and then nope, we had to cancel our trip to Florida. And it was, it's, the kids took it in stride. They, they took it in stride, but it's, it's a bummer. Top chat. Some messages such as potential spam may not be visible for top chat. And then live chat, all messages are visible. That still doesn't make any sense because potentially offensive messages or, or spam messages, they get snagged by Nightbot or they get snagged by the Google moderation. And then I have to approve the message. So, like, if somebody comes in and says something, and they're a member, and they're, uh, and they're, they're totally fine and trustworthy, but they, they use some kind of a foul word, it just automatically hides it. So, I don't even understand why they have top chat and live chat. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so, Florida, uh, Florida seems such you're a brave man. No, 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 we're not going. We were going to go, and we have, for the second time, had to cancel flights. We were scheduled to go um, last year, early last year, for my sister-in-law's wedding, and we had to cancel that one, and then she had a baby, and we haven't been able to go see the baby, and so we were set to go, and yeah, we had to cancel it. All I can do is hope that the rebirth of Hangouts will be YouTube chat going forward. I I don't think I ever used Hangouts, so I don't exactly know what it looks like. Um... I don't remember. Didn't they retire that? I thought they retired that feature. Um, it's a bit dangerous to hope for them to, to do a feature like that. <laughs> it's a bit dangerous because then, you know, they'll end up deleting it. <laughs> well, I hope it's like this, you know. Mm. Google Hangouts. Yeah, I didn't think Hangouts was, I didn't think it worked very well. You know what I mean? Hangouts got replaced by Google Messages. Huh. I hang out in parking lots. Yeah. <laughs> where's where's your hangout? Google Hangouts. Yeah, I don't know. It's already noon. Man, I was not watching the time today. Um Hangouts is just Google Chat now. Oh. Okay. It's worlds better than this trash. <laughs> 
my my hope is that they do they do like a full like a full you know overhaul of everything i saw some stuff uh i saw some stuff that i can't talk about but it it just i don't even have a timeline of what of of the stuff that i saw i don't even have a timeline it'd be great if we did have a timeline um but we don't we don't even have a timeline on it um you know you already talk halo we've talked halo constantly i haven't done my little segments yet no um i think what we'll need is we'll need a halo infinite trailer uh let's see where's the official channel yeah we'll just run the multiplayer one let me bookmark this i have like a bookmark uh, like a trailer folder uh, I'm pretty sure the trailer folder has that cyberpunk. It's got Split Gate, and then it's got Call of Duty Vanguard. Okay, that's all we need for the stories today. Um, okay, make sure and use all the commands. The shirt, the shirt today comes from the Zelda collection over on 80s Tees. The displate behind me. Make sure you use the display command uh, and the link to get the big discount if you're going to order any displates. Rageous Roast, Dark Roast has launched and a lot of people have already ordered today. So we now have both a light roast and a dark roast. The dark roast is red and we've got the Frickmas blend already in process as well for the holidays and then we're working on another one for next year. Pyro Twerp, thanks for renewing your membership. Uh, I'm going to take a real quick break. We don't run a lot of ads here on the channel. Um... We do not run a lot of ads, only when I step away. So consider doing any of the things down here in the corner as a way to support. Uh, and a lot of people have upgraded their memberships to Tier 2. Um, and they're taking advantage of the video game voting. So we are playing Mortal Shell this afternoon. That's something that you guys voted for. So do all the things. Smash the like button. We only need 10 more likes for 400. I will be right back. Uh, thanks so much for being here. And we'll do the little segments as well. Thank you. 
<laughs> He's like, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> he said it with a smile on his face. He's like, we have to stay in our rooms until Mama's done. He's like, it's pretty terrible. I was like, all right. <laughs> Quaking. Popped him first. Rules is rules, kid. <laughs> mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's got to think it through. All right, let me give you guys these segments before I eat, and then we gotta we gotta transition into mortal shell. Since that was what you guys voted for. Um, you're out of focus again today? No, I'm not. I, I, I checked it. I checked it and zoomed in and everything. No, I'm not. No. 100% in focus. The, the lenses and everything. No. The, 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 net, the mesh on the chair is in focus. Is it when you lean in? Yeah, it is. I can't... I, I swear I do it. I swear I do it to the chair, and then it, like, it changes on its own. It's on manual focus. It's so freaking weird. No, that's worse. There? I didn't think it was out of focus the other day, but today it was blurry. Yeah, the problem is, is that like, now I feel like I'm in focus, but so are they, which that shouldn't be possible. There's no way that I'm in focus and so are the, so are the posters, but the posters even look better. Definitely better. Better, yes. Is your face cam capping at 720? No, no, it's 108060. The cam's 108060. So I don't I don't know. I don't understand it. We have to do manual focus. If I do continual autofocus, it grabs like it grabs gin and then I'm blurry. The background's in focus. I think it could be brighter, it's fine. Yeah, if I get too bright though, it's like a fine line. If I get too bright, it ends up looking it ends up looking really, really bad. Like, I end up looking washed out compared to the nice colorful in, in the back. Like, if someone, when you have a lighter complexion, you can't be very bright because it washes your skin out. And then you look like, then the background looks really great and you look all pasty. You know what I mean? I think you mentioned that it's a DSLR. There should be a focus assist setting that puts a border around what is in focus. Try turning that setting on. Do you know what that's called? Do you have a fill or a hair light? I have two side lights here, and then I have a ring light above. So... The focus is just right behind you. What I need is, like, a picture of someone's face to, like, put in the chair 
and then I can hold it with one hand and focus with the other. The problem is, is when I'm not in the chair, I can't tell if the chair is in focus because it's like a, like this weird mesh pattern. So I'm like, okay, that looks pretty good. You know what I'm saying? So like, I need like a nice like photo or something I can hold up that that would be very clearly in or not in focus, and then I would just use that. You got disc plates. Yeah, I don't. The, the hard thing about that is, is they're so big, right? You can't reach the cam from your seat. No, I have to lean forward, and then I can't see anything because I'm in the way, right? Like, Okay, I think that helped me get it, like, exactly right. Have your wife sit in the chair? Because I have to do it every morning. Every time I turn the camera on, the lens comes out fresh. And because the lens comes out fresh, the, 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 focus, has been, the focus has been fiddled with. Does that make sense? Move your mic to where your face is and focus on the mic. I, yeah, I guess I could try that. Use the ghost one that has a guy's face. Yeah, but I, that means I have to take... Anytime ghost is on the wall, I gotta throw it in the chair. Like, using the disc plate seemed to have worked. Like, I feel like I look like I'm in focus now. But I also feel like those are also in focus, which we didn't think that was possible. The one day I was fiddling with it, it seemed like I couldn't be in focus in them at the same time. It was like... I don't know. One thing I noticed is that watching on desktop with a larger video, the video looks fuzzy, but I think it's just YouTube. Well, the resolution of your monitor is probably higher than 1080. If you go full screen with a 1080 video like this on a 1440 monitor, it's not going to look very good. I mean, it'll look fine, but it ain't going to look very good, right? It shows you're sponsored in pit mode. Yeah, I hate that disclaimer because it's like, we do have things that are paid for placement, but at the same time, it's like, <laughs> it's not really true, right? Like, I'm not being paid to make this video, they're, but they're paying for the placement. So, like, we have to abide by the rules, though. The A6000 has a focus target, and you can resize it to just around your face, but then you can use autofocus. So I didn't have my wife sit in the chair and set that set and set that area because I think the problem was I was trying to do that and the chair was here and not me and it was probably losing the chair. But if my wife's sitting here and I build the focus area around her face, 
then I should be able to sit down every day with autofocus, and as long as I'm dead center, or as long as I'm in the same position, which I should be, because that's where I'm sitting, the camera should be able to grab and focus. I'll just have to have her come down, and I'll fiddle. Because I know the one that you guys are talking about. I know what it is. And I did it. And it was like, and it wasn't grabbing me. It was grabbing the disc plates. I don't see why the, you and the background couldn't be in focus. You aren't that far from it. Um, it's it, it's just not going to be as perfectly crisp. Like, it's in focus, but it's not perfectly in focus. If I put it perfectly in focus, you would see the difference. Like, the disc plate, especially, especially the one of, of Ghost of Tsushima, you would really, really see it. You'd be like, oh, wow, that's, that's a lot more crisp. Um, so... It's just, it's annoying because like I said earlier when we were talking about projects and all these things that you don't, you don't get to anticipate until you're deep in the throes of it. Like, I didn't know when we did this, I was going to have to come down every morning and fiddle with the focus. Like, it's just a pain in the butt. Like, I wasted, I wasted five or ten minutes doing it this morning and I actually wasn't in focus. I mean, I was, but I wasn't. You know what I mean? How far away are you from the wall? I don't know three to four feet maybe three to four feet so it's far enough away that it can't be simultaneously in focus with me I mean it kind of is right now it is but so I'll, I'll try that I'll try that setting with with having my wife sit in the chair and we'll see if that we can't get that to work um as a more reliable focus because it would be nice to be able to like push my hand forward and show you something and have it get in focus because right now we're on manual focus so I set it and then that's it that's it for the whole stream it's just it's I have to you know everything right here is in focus I'm not a huge fan of that but we were making the best of what we had it was like well eh, this is what I got you know uh let's see yeah, we've got. I've got time. Uh, let's go at three thirty-seven thirty. Three thirty-seven thirty. This is going to be the Halo one. <clears throat> hey, thanks for watching another SNTR update. This one's going to be about Halo Infinite launching incomplete. If you like these short video game updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. Thank you to all the new subscribers. We love seeing that sub count go up. You can also check the link below to my live streams that I do every single day. So this one is unwelcome news for fans of Halo Infinite. They were already dealing with a delay, the game being pushed back an entire year, and both the co-op campaign and Forge were touted as very important features for the launch of this game. It has since been announced officially that neither of these features will be available when the game officially launches both the co-op campaign and the forge mode coming in later seasons now this was reported on by windows central saying the following halo infinite won't include a co-op campaign in its forge map building mode at launch microsoft has confirmed the news marks the latest setback for the upcoming flagship shooter currently scheduled to release on xbox consoles and pcs later in 2021 343 Industries outlined its plans via its August development update video on Friday, recapping the latest on development, and here's what they had to say. 
Unfortunately, as we focused the team for shutdown and really focus on a quality experience for launch, we made the really tough decision to delay shipping campaign co-op for launch. This came from Joseph Staten, who is the creative head. He said, and we also made the tough call to delay shipping Forge past launch as well. So this is not something anybody wanted to hear. Now, I know some people are maybe overstating how devastating this is because the game is going to launch with a lot of modes and not every game launches with a ton of modes at launch. A lot of times they do come later. However, a co-op campaign has become a staple of the franchise and having to wait to do that later is a giant bummer for folks that either wanted to play with their significant other, their friend who lives somewhere else, or maybe you want to play with a sibling or your kids. Now you're going to have to wait and do it later and that certainly takes the punch out of it you may hear spoilers you may want to just play the campaign at launch it's gonna be you know tough to wait i for one am a little bit more understanding about the forge mode coming later with battlefield's portal announcement we made a video about that we said man halo better have forge and they better nail it because if they don't it's going to be viewed as inferior or less than if it's purely just like a very basic map maker they may be considering adding more features to make it more comparable or competitive to the battlefield portal okay now what they've said is forge the official level level editor that allows it will be absent and staten stated that the team aims to ship co-op campaign in season two and forge is expected to launch six months after release during season three here's the quote our number one priority is making sure whatever we ship whenever we ship it meets the right quality bar across all platforms xbox devices pc and all of its different configurations and when we looked at these two experiences campaign co-op and forge we made the determination that they are not ready as a studio we don't want to ship things if they are not ready so people can play them have fun have a nice stable perform uh, performant experience so we're going to keep campaign co-op and forge in the oven for a little bit longer and then when they're ready we're going to release them as part of our seasonal roadmap next year so the the timing here is unfortunate because they just had their technical test that went over very well community seemed very excited and it got good response and now two flagship foundational features will be absent at launch some of this could be motivated again by the bandwidth that he outlined but i do think there's another angle here this is actually going to probably help them maintain engagement long term because i don't think you're going to be able to get people to constantly come back to halo purely with cosmetics they're going to have to add modes maps and brand new features and maybe even story to get you to come back every season as always if you like these short gaming news updates hit subscribe and the bell button and i'll see you in the next one <clears throat> your chair looks uh breathtaking thank you yeah we're uh, we're looking into some chair we're looking into some chair sponsors we would we would uh we would like to get some let's do the split gate one this one came from a dev video. Uh, 342.30. 342.30. This is about Splitgate. 
Hey, thanks for watching another SNTR update. This one's going to be about Splitgate teasing a potential story mode in the future. If you like these short gaming news updates, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button. Also, be sure to check out my channel linked below where I live stream every day. If you're not familiar with Splitgate, it's been in the news quite a bit. We've covered it recently because of the server queue problems. They delayed their launch. They got $10 million from a private investment firm, and then they have indefinitely extended the open beta, making the launch date completely unknown. Game Rant reported on this potential of a story mode in the future, as they say here. The Splitgate beta will continue indefinitely as the developers continue working on the game and improving things on the back end, with plenty of new content planned for future updates. Something that might be a part of Splitgate in the future is some kind of story, though fans shouldn't necessarily expect a full-blown single-player campaign. In a TikTok video, the Splitgate developers talk about the possibility of the game having a story mode or a single-player campaign. While remaining non-committal to the idea, they seem to be open to the possibility of Splitgate having a story similar to the live-service Battle Royale games that are on the market. For example, those games have an overarching narrative and in-game universes that build from one season to the next, and it seems that Splitgate having something similar is definitely on the table. Now. I'm not really sure what they would do here, but both of these, you know, features of the game, the arena-style gameplay and the shooter and the portals, are rooted in games that had single-player and they were campaigns. I mean, Portal was single-player before they ever had anything where you could play with others, and Halo obviously has its roots in a single-player campaign. Now, according to the report here, presumably a Splitgate story would provide some context for the game's arena battles, which currently see red and blue armored characters fighting it out with weapons and portals. While Splitgate's versus multiplayer battles would certainly remain the game's focus, some fans may want lore to chew on, and that's the reason behind the fighting, the portal technology, and the maps that they're playing on. Splitgate's maps could be ripe for storytelling as environmental storytelling is something else that's done quite a bit by live service games. As it stands, Splitgate's maps don't really have a narrative for being there, though the developers have done things like a Terminator Easter egg and a Lava Well map uh, that gave them a bit more flavor. It will be interesting to see if the future Splitgate maps hide other Easter eggs for fans as well. I also think a lot of the times whenever you're playing a game like this, the updates, the map changes, the meta changes, the the ethos or era shifts that they try to do are commonly tied to some story element. And I think that they could maybe start to do something like that. Even little cutscenes and things like they do in Overwatch would sort of set the tone for what's happening. They would sort of say, hey, here's what's going on with the characters, here's what's going on with the world, and then the maps would change accordingly. Now, according to the report here, Splitgate's release date has been delayed indefinitely, so it's unclear when the game's proper Season 1 will start. Whenever it does, fans can expect the game to add a new battle pass filled with new cosmetic, plus it's quite likely that new maps on the game modes will debut in Season 1. It's possible that fans won't have to wait much longer to find out about Splitgate's future, though. Splitgate will be at Gamescom, where the developers are teasing big news for the arena shooter. Anyone interested should make sure to tune into Gamescom opening night on Wednesday, August 25th at 11 a.m. Pacific. So, opening night, I know that's 11 a.m. It's in the morning, but it's over in another country. So, 11 a.m. Pacific on Wednesday, August 25th. If you want more info on Splitgate, 
from the devs themselves at Gamescom. Apparently, they're teasing some pretty big announcements. I would imagine they won't have a launch date yet, but they're going to maybe try and show off new modes, new maps, and new cosmetics to get people excited about it when it does finally launch. As always, if you like these short gaming news videos, be sure to hit the subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. Jabated? We need a jabated emo? Why do we need a jabated emo? Oop, wrong button. There we go. Do, 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 Um. Okay. Now we gotta do the Call of Duty one. We need a chair emote. We had one, isn't it? Lono sad. I need to look dumbfoundedly up at comments. Oh, oh, that emote specifically. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, we'll go at 348. Uh, This is for the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. hey thanks for watching another SNTR update this one's gonna be about the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha news and how you can get in and where you can play it first if you like these short gaming news updates be sure to click subscribe and the bell button and check out the link below to my live stream channel where I am playing and streaming every day so This one came from CallofDuty.com, the official sort of announcement here, and PlayStation owners have reason to celebrate here with respect to the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. Prepare to be the first to ascend to glory through a brand new multiplayer mode to the franchise coming with Call of Duty Vanguard Champion Hill, and PlayStation owners are getting access first. From August 27th at 10 a.m. Pacific to August 29th, every PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 owner will be able to participate in the Call of Duty Vanguard PlayStation Alpha, featuring Sledgehammer Games' innovative new game mode known as Champion Hill. This 48-hour play session is your first opportunity to play Call of Duty Vanguard two months before its November 5th release, and for most PlayStation owners, a PlayStation Plus subscription is not required. Only a console and an internet connection are needed to participate with no pre-order required, but after a few rounds of Champion Hill, it might be something worth considering. Now, what is the Alpha? Similar to Alpha sessions in previous Call of Duty games, Sledgehammer Games is giving players a vital role in Call of Duty Vanguard's development by granting them access to a limited pre-release version of the game's multiplayer, a small slice of what is to come on November the 5th, while also providing you with a ton of fun on the weekend. The Call of Duty Vanguard PlayStation Alpha will provide our developers feedback on a global scale to help them tune and polish the game's multiplayer prior to the launch as well as the upcoming beta, they said. The Alpha is the first hands-on opportunity the world will have with Call of Duty Vanguard, introducing just some of the game's innovations, as broken down today on stream uh, by Sledgehammer Games Multiplayer Creative Director, and putting them in your hands. Now, what can you expect? 
You can uh, explore reactive environments across four maps within Champion Hill, breaking destructible barriers, doors, and other obstructions. You will also get hands-on time with some of the game's armaments, including being able to modify some of your guns with up to 10 attachments. You can also put yourself in the boots of the four main characters, Lucas Riggs, Polina Petrova, Wade Jackson, and Arthur Kingsley as operators and of course experience the tactical fast-paced multiplayer gameplay so you can preload on august 23rd at 3 a.m pacific ahead of the alpha schedule and in champion hill this is what you're going to be doing your squad either a duo or a trio during the alpha will complete a round robin deathmatch tournament against other squads your mission is to reduce all other squads life count to zero before your squad is eliminated Everyone starts with the same loadout, and while it can be lethal, collecting cash, earned by taking enemies' lives and picking up drops scattered throughout the map, it'll allow you to upgrade your starting weapons and purchase new armaments, equipments, perks, and killstreaks during the buy rounds, and that happens between combat rounds. So there's an econ here, and there's round-based elimination. This is similar to some of the tactical shooters that are out there. Champion Hill also takes place on one large map split up into five sections. Specifically, there is a central buy area and four arenas for the combat rounds. There's the airstrip, the train yard, the market, and the courtyard. Once you are eliminated, you can watch how the tournament ends from the buy station area, spectator platform, but ideally, you survive long enough to see victory yourself. So this is what they're debuting very very soon on the playstation we're going to do our best to show it to you so that way you can see it and you can see that gameplay on the main channel if you like these news updates over here on sntr updates hit subscribe and the bell button and i'll see you in the next video and that is really really soon isn't it when was that uh do 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 uh august 27th so that's this yeah what, we, we might have to try to get that installed and me and Hilly play that. Because that is, uh, you can go in with a duo. It might get sweaty, though. It might not be good for a Friday night. Yeah, we'll be playing Psychonauts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we will be checking that out this week. Unfortunately, a lot of the video game voting can't happen this week. A bunch of stuff's releasing. We just, we we came up with video game voting, 
as a way to give you guys like a, a way to influence what I play. But Psychonauts two and Aliens came are coming out this week, so it's like we those have to those have to take precedent. Mm. So we uh this. I gotta get the mortal shell uh I gotta get mortal shell here mortal shell scheduled uh where did I put that thumbnail there it is save image when you upload an image to this uh, this process, a lot of the times... Oh, it didn't do it this time. Okay, cool. A lot of the times it's like, hey, are you sure you're done? And I'd be like, no. I have to pick the game again. It like it would make me do it again. It was interesting. It didn't do it this time. So that's nice. Okay. A lot of these default settings in here are nice too. Creature went in and did it makes makes what I'm doing a little bit easier um, we'll schedule this for 110 so that in five minutes people can get hit with that 30 they're okay with it their vote being a 30 that's a win that's what i think i think that works right i think that works um you know what i mean i think making a 30 out of it is also them getting to see me play it like everybody wanting to see me play avengers you know what I mean? Getting to see me play Avengers for 30 minutes so that we can cover the Wakandan thing, like, I don't know. Um, it could be good. Mm. Well, let's see. stomach more than 30 of Avengers I'd be surprised Mithrax asked a question here he said what is the best age for kids to actually start reading books um probably around 6 or 7 but every kid's different I think sometimes kids learn better when we don't force and like 
an age. Seeing your descent into souls has been satisfying. I'm wondering if it's going to, like, how much it's going to help me with uh, Mortal Shell. Am I going to be better at Mortal Shell because of it? Oh, if he means read to them, you should read to them from the time they're a baby. My kids from a very young age would sit and flip pages. Um... And people were always super impressed. They're like, "My goodness, that's a that's a that's a two year old sitting with a book, flipping pages on their own." You know what I mean? They were doing that at one, I think. I think we have footage of my son sitting in his crib as a baby, flipping pages in a book. I mean, you can read books to them and put put books in their lap from a very early age. But like, when you want them to be able to read, I don't know. I think a lot of it is, um, I think a lot of it comes down to the kid. Like, every kid's different. I think sometimes you push, push, push when they're younger, or they're too young, and, like, then they get discouraged and frustrated. We got pork sausage brats from uh, our meat share. That's good. I started reading when I was four or five. That's kind of abnormal, yeah. That's kind of abnormal. If you're reading before ages six and seven, that's pretty rare. Six, seven, and eight is probably when most kids start to pick up and read independently. My son doesn't sit down long enough to flip through a book. We give him a book, and a couple minutes later, he's off running. Well, I mean, a lot of parenting is recognizing when something is age-appropriate. Um so we had this discussion the other night like bedtime is a big fight for us right now with the kids but that's just age appropriate that's just what they do at this age bracket you know and so we changed the structure of the evening to help them we want to put them in a context where they're going to they're going to have a good a good a good likelihood of thriving and doing the right thing and 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 doing what we want instead of it being a big battle and where we're constantly threatening to like, well, we're going to take away this. It just gets exhausting. And some of that's just, it's age appropriate right now for, you know, we have a, we have a five and a seven year old and they're going to fight you at bedtime. That's just what they do. They're going to fight you on, uh, taking a bath, you know? And, uh, 
So sometimes you have to know, like, what's age appropriate for this kid? At this age, what are they going to be prone to? Like, a young boy at the age of five is going to be prone to high energy, uh, having trouble sitting still, and having trouble focusing, right? That's normal. And if you freak out and think, oh no, this is bad, this is wrong, we have to work against this, a lot of it is creating grooves in the day for them to fall into where so they can learn naturally or organically like in the, in their way i think that's why traditional education public education especially it ends up failing like a lot of kids not literally failing like an f but it fails to teach them well because they're they're asking them to sit still for 45 minutes and focus on one subject is just it's pain they can't do it you know that's that's a whole that's a whole debate about are we um you can over you can over psychologize human behavior to the point that like because a kid can't do our 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 expectation that there's some sort of wrong that there's some sort of abnormality and it's like what if that's just normal for a 5-year-old boy you know what if that's what if that's his normal what if he's going to struggle with sitting still and paying attention for a couple of years you know what if that's just his path that's just where he is right now you know and so sometimes I think parents get too wrapped up in like oh they're this many years old they should be able to do this this and this and it's like maybe not My grandma tried to do that with me with Harry Potter and Amelia Bedelia books. Um, give me a book of Aesop's Fables, though, and I was happy. We are very much supportive of that, as long as it's appropriate. Like, I'm not letting my kid read The Walking Dead, right? But I let him get, uh, we let him get little graphic novels of Bone or, like, Plants vs. Zombies. And uh, it fosters a love for books, Right? It's, it's drivel. There's nothing significant happening. It's just cool pictures, right? But it fosters a love of books. Now, I refuse to read them to him. I'm like, I'm not reading a comic book to you. I'm not reading Bone or Calvin and Hobbes or Plants vs. Zombies. But I'll read Redwall or Narnia or um, yeah, Green Ember. I'll, re- I'll read good books to you, but, and then, but then I'm not going to sit there... Um, and like read a comic book to you but that doesn't mean I'm not going to let him have the comic book you know so for, for us that's what we do is we try to get we try to foster the love by not fighting against like what he enjoys like he enjoys the, the, the graphic novels the comic books right now and they're, they're safe to look at I'm not handing him something that's like out of his age bracket but then I'm not reading it to him. I'm reading him like good books to foster a love for like, and they listen to audiobooks every day during their rest time. They listen to like Boxcar Children and Jack and Annie, um, and all sorts of different things. Certain certain uh, audiobooks we've outlawed in the house because we don't we don't appreciate what they instill an attitude and a vocabulary that we don't like. Um, 
there were a couple of books that made them, they were like saying things that were really kind of like disrespectful and kind of nasty. And it was because they were quoting some book they were listening to. You know what I mean? Yeah, we had programs like that too, Gilly. It didn't seem to help. It did not seem to help the kids in them. Yeah. You were a member of the Boxcar Children Book Club? I remember kids that did that. They did the Boxcar thing. They did... um. I think Hardy Boys had something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Goosebumps has something like that. Yep, yep, yep. I tricked my parents into getting me a comic I wasn't ready for. I vividly remember Wolverine climbing into a giant's head and slashing up his brains. Oh my gosh. We had a school that was called such and such school for the gifted. It wasn't a it wasn't a class or a program, it was a school. And so a lot of kids went there for I think it was ages six, seven, and eight. And then I remember a lot of them coming to high school. And uh, a lot of them they were. They were kind of jerks. They were kind of like egotistical jerks. And uh High school really took them down a peg. You know, usually by sophomore year, they were a lot more pleasant to be around. You know. I went to a large city public school, so the relative bar for gifted wasn't high. I was ahead of my age, not the next super genius. The program wasn't for kids who were actually gifted. You definitely need to take... You definitely need to take kids who are exceptional and have something for them 
But I think one of the biggest challenges of that is there's so much unspoken social stress and strain. You know? There's so much of it that I think that's that's when it gets really, really challenging because you do, you take them away from their peers and it can mess with them socially. And that's almost as important. You know? So you gotta be super intentional. If you're taking a a third grader and you're putting them in a room with 6th and 7th graders because they're super advanced that I don't think that's going to be very good for them that you know that's not necessarily a, a an environment they're going to flourish they can be it could be really really damaging to them uh, socially um, so I think it's tough I think it's tough because you don't want to ignore the fact that they're exceptional. You don't want to shortchange how how they are advanced, but at the same time, if that's all that matters, then you could potentially put them in an area where they're not going to flourish. They're, you're going to put them in an area where um, they end up struggling. Mm-hmm. I have. I may have a better displate, but that's not a displate. That's just like a mural. Yeah, that's not a displate. You don't they don't even come in those sizes. Um that's just like a mural. <clears throat> I've always been inherently intelligent without much effort, but I was super lazy in high school, so when I got put into the AP classes, I didn't do all their extra work to excel. Kind of regret. I was a really, really bad high school student. I was like straight C's, you know? I just didn't apply myself. I was super lazy. I didn't get I didn't get into sort of a and I didn't have an interest in intellectual things and studying and reading until college. Um You know. And it's kind of a bummer. Like I look back and I'm like, man, I'm I would I'd probably be in a very different position right now if I really would have applied myself in high school. I just didn't want to. It's I think that's one of the biggest challenges of that age group is motivating them. It's like they're they're 16. They have no concept of of the world. They have no concept of their future, you know? They're just some 16-year-old punk, you know? Fear's <laughs> great motivation. Not for learning, I don't think so. Fear of my mother, fear of my coach. Yeah, I mean, some kids are very, very motivated that way. Other kids aren't, you know? I definitely knew there were repercussions if I didn't do my work and, and didn't do my my homework. Like, if I got bad grades, I knew there were repercussions. But that still wasn't strong enough, you know what I mean? The social pressure did terrible things. It inflated my sense of ego, separated me from my peers into a smaller group, made me feel special and better than other kids, only for the specialness to be a higher aptitude for STEM and reading, which wasn't that exceptional when I hit high school. I still did high school level, high level classes, took AP classes and all, but the foundation took a few years to remake into something solid. Right. You get a little, you get a little, uh, dose of humble pie when you get to the you know you get to the later later years of, of life I was a bad high school student C or B student once I hit college I graduated 
cumulative 3.9. My logic in high school was I had to be there, so I try. College, I wanted to be there. Yeah, I made dean's lists and all that in, in college, both undergrad and postgrad. You know, I always had great grades. Um, A's and B's. You know, I wasn't I wasn't the the, the top of the class, but I was right behind those guys usually. I think in Greek I was, but most other classes I wasn't. And a lot of that too came down to workflow. When I took 15 hours, when I took 15 hours, I mean, it was just passing was what mattered, you know, not getting a, a pluses. It just, you couldn't, it wasn't possible. Getting, getting a B or a low A was great when you're taking 15 hours. Never had to work until I hit uh, law school. That was the wake-up call. Yeah, I didn't ever have to... St- I don't know. It drove it drove my wife crazy once we were dating. Because I never had to study that hard. You know, I'd make note cards, spend one evening studying, and I'd be fine. You know? Other, other people would crunch and crunch and crunch for days. I just never had to. Even, in, even when I got into the later... Now, I know when if you do like a PhD program it's completely and utterly different because the the workload is just insane so but both undergraduate and postgraduate studies I never felt like I had to try that hard it was just easy I was always confused by people complaining like oh it's just so much work and so much stuff I'm like what the frick this is easy what do you mean a 15 page paper oh my goodness. it's like well if you would if you would do it piecemeal and start on it at a reasonable time it's actually not that bad I always broke it apart and then I found it to be easy I would be like today all that matters is going to the library and getting books that's all that matters that's it right um and then the next day I would work on it, all that I would do is I would take one book, go through it, and get all my quotes. And I'd write them all down on cards. Next day, same thing. Take one book, and that's all I'm going to do is get my get my, my source, get my source material. And then when it came time to write the paper, it was ridiculously easy. It was like, take your outline, put your note cards in order, and just type. Paraphrase, direct quote, paraphrase, direct quote. Footnote, 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 footnote. B. Every time. B to an A every time you do it that way. People would wait until the last minute and try and do it all in one day. And I'm like, well, no wonder you hate writing papers. You know what I mean? You're trying you're trying to do something that should that, that should be done over a, a period of days. And you're trying to do it in an evening. Of course it's going to be terrible. I didn't have to study in the gifted program in middle school, but that lack of studying set a bad precedent uh, for studying, which I had to really refocus in high school. Yeah. I always just preferred getting everything done at once. Oh, gosh, no. No. It's so much more relaxing to be like, I did what I had to do today. Right? I used to cheat on tests by putting all the information in my head. It was just really relaxing to know I'm done. I am done for the day. If I was writing multiple papers at once, it was good to know I took my trip to the library, I got books for all my papers, I'm done for the day, and I would go do something leisurely. 
And people are like, I don't understand how you can do that. The pressure, the pressure. And it's like, no, I know that tomorrow I'm working on this part of the paper. And then I know Wednesday I'm working on this part of the paper. And so you can do that portion with excellence and feel good about it and then put it down and walk away. You're just like, I'm done for the day. It, it It's so much more... I don't know, it's just a better balance. Like, it's just more enjoyable. Then you can enjoy learning about it. Then you can enjoy, like, slamming through it all in one evening. You don't even, it doesn't even serve a teaching purpose at that point. You're not even learning about the subject, you know what I mean? I used to sleep in class and pass with flying colors. I had a couple classes that I slept in pretty regularly, and I did just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the lectures didn't matter. The lectures just didn't matter, unfortunately. For some for some classes, that was the way that it was. It was like, well, this is just, I just, just doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? Or you would, I had friends where we would take turns. We would, he would take notes, I would take notes, he would take notes. And so, you could kind of conk out. Because it was at like 8 in the morning. It was rough. Those are rough. Three-hour class at eight in the morning. Oh, my word. That's tough. You're so tired. It's so difficult to sit in a warm room and listen to a lecture at that. (laughs) I can't can't keep my eyes open. You know? But it was nice knowing, like, every other week I can show up, put my head, head down, and take a nice little nap. You know? You could just voice record lectures. I don't know how effective that would be. Well, if you voice record the lecture, you're hitting yourself twice because then you, you got to be there to record it and then you got to later listen to it again. So you're allotting double the time to it. Does that make sense? It's better to buddy up with somebody and say, hey, like if attendance matters, I'm going to show up and sleep while you take notes and then vice versa. Because sometimes you just are too tired. You're just too tired. Like you need the rest. You know what I mean? It can be a really unhealthy time in people's lives because they just, they're not eating or sleeping well, like, at all. You know what I mean? It can be really, really bad. It can be really bad for you. Mm. And so that's how we did it. If attendance doesn't matter, then you literally can just skip every other. Like, some guys don't even take attendance. They just show up and start talking. Some professors don't care. They're like, it's your money. I'm here. You know, I'm here doing my lecture. I don't care if you're not here or not. You know, some guys wouldn't even take attendance. Then you can literally just strike a deal with somebody and you go every other. They take notes. You take notes. They take notes. You take notes with with laptops, especially now. You just email the notes to each other. And then you're in. Then you're in the good. Then you got everything you need when it comes time to study. You know, Attendance was BS. I don't need your lecture to learn from a book. I no, I do think sometimes a very, very well done lecture is way better than reading the book, right? Especially the guys that were really, really good at history. You know? A really, really good 
hour and a half long lecture on like historical stuff from a really really seasoned professor holy moly that can be so much better than trying to read the book oh my gosh it's because you're getting such a nice snapshot as opposed to like reading the details you know because history is so static history is tough as a subject to care about because it's static in 1872, this happened, and then a couple of years later, this happened. You're just like, okay, like it's not interesting because it's static, you know. Now it's interesting if the subject is interesting, like if something crazy happened, you know. So, but a really, really good professor that does like a nice little flyover, hour and a half lecture, and covers a bunch of ground. Oh my gosh, that's way better than reading about it. Oh man, so much better. Like. Especially if they're well versed in philosophical, or like when I was uh, I was studying under a psychologist, his ability to fly through certain fields of psychology, certain ideas, certain areas of study, certain case studies and stuff that he himself had done—all oh, that's excellent. Like you, you're not going to get that from a book, you know, you're just not. But there are definitely the professors that sit down, and it's like, what is this? This is like listening to a Kindle. Like, why am I here? Why 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 did I show up at eight in the morning? To have you push play on your memory bank, and your memory bank is just a regurgitation of the book. You know, there there are certainly professors that uh, that uh, that swing pretty low. <laughs> you know, there there are professors that do. They they they, they swing a little low. That is uh, that's that's a hundred percent a thing. I was bad about sleeping in uh, AP Calc. I had a first period at 7.30. I used my long hair to fall in front of my eyes and look over the paper. Oh, yeah. All the tricks, dude. I had all the tricks. <laughs> um, I was looking for your account. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. I was unfortunately set up to struggle with college. Diagnosed with ADHD once. I got to college. I was approached by my counselor about struggling with grades. Was never taught different ways to study or a way that would work best for me and how my brain worked. Combine that with being a music education major and having to only take my regular classes but also participate in practice and ensembles. So we were expected to have 21 plus credit hour semesters. Oh gosh. It set you up for failure. You know what I mean? I hated professors that would give us a test and ask super specific questions on the history. Like you put in one wrong uh, preposition and had the answer all wrong. Yeah, rigid tests were the worst. They're so paralyzing. You don't feel like you're being you you don't feel like you're being questioned on what you know. Like there's a difference between seeing does this kid know about this and can they regurgitate can they regurgitate information? Like I don't know. I feel like there's a giant difference between the two, right? When I ask my kids questions about things and they recall and they know it, that's not the same as like when my daughter recited word for word the Gettysburg Address, right? Her reciting the Gettysburg Address is awesome and it was really cute and really adorable. She loves Abe Lincoln and she was really big about it. When she did it, finally my wife got her like a really nice book and all this stuff. She loves Abe Lincoln. But the gravity of what the man is saying, she doesn't understand that. She understands very basic things about how to treat people and what Abe Lincoln saw when he saw people being bought and sold as property and how that influenced him. She gets that 
and she has like a, a level of empathy and sympathy for people that has been fostered by that but she doesn't understand the Gettysburg Address she can say it right so a lot of the times you'll have a kid that can regurgitate stuff perfectly on a text word for word they don't understand what in the world they don't know they don't know do you see the difference like so that's impressive she's got an impressive little brain man yeah 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 she's got an impressive little brain she's smart a little, little bit too smart you know what I mean um let's see invert controller Y yes okay let's make sure it's saved uh invert controller Y okay cool 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 that poll question is hard. Hard to choose, isn't it? It's hard to choose. Um, hang on one second. We got to make sure this video redirects. Uh, do this. I rejoined the stream at a perfect time. It's nice to hear others thinking the same thing I do about school. Dealing with a frustrating professor on day one of the college semester right now. Yeah. It, it can be it can be really, really hard, man. It can be really, really hard. Some professors are ju- genuinely awful. What are you playing after the stream? So today is a pass or play Monday, and Mortal Shell has won. And I'll go green screen for gameplay. We have found that green screen works better which means I'll have to change shirts. I brought a, I have a plain black shirt down here uh, for when we make these changes. It's a little bit easier to position me in the scene um, whenever, uh, whenever we're doing this. So tomorrow we'll be playing the Aliens Fire Team. So there's a lot of things you guys voted on that will probably end up being recorded 30-minute videos over on gaming. So your vote still counts. You're still influencing what I'm playing, but... I don't want to kick your votes too far down the road. Like we've got some really big games coming out, and uh, we we can't we cannot ignore Aliens Fire Team or Psychonauts too. Like we just can't do that. Um, so, uh, so, and we're hoping me me playing Dark Souls will uh, will make this a fun endeavor since you guys voted for this. Now, they have the Virtuous Cycle right here on the menu um, that you can go to. That's the DLC. I will not be doing that because the Virtuous Cycle makes way too many assumptions about what you know and what you don't know, okay? Like, I was going to get my butt kicked if I went in there. It wasn't going to be an enjoyable stream. Um, too much too much of the game uh, is, is making assumptions about your knowledge of the combat. So, um, what I'm going to do is, what is this? Okay, I don't know. what That looks like somebody's logo from YouTube. I'm going to put a link in chat, right? Um, good roguelike, though. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm going I'm, I'm to put a link in chat. That is where we're going. Live redirect should bring you with us. It might not, okay? It might not. If it doesn't, right? If it doesn't, then you can just click the link in chat, okay? The link in chat is there. It should bring you with us. Um, if you only come over for 30 minutes, it's super helpful. 
Uh, we've uh, we've been having really really great turnout in the mornings. We're still not sure what YouTube's necessarily doing with total view count because last week felt great and today felt great, but the the, the the numbers are just kind of weird. So we're gonna continue to look into that. And uh, something we've really kind of impressed on you guys is when you show up, it helps. So when you come over with this live redirect and you watch, you know, 20 or 30 minutes of a game, it really, really helps out. So come along for the ride with the redirect or click the link in chat. I'll see you over there for some mortal shell. It's on this channel. It's just a separate stream. Okay.